Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. Whatever. I, latest uh, is uh, I got to be at daycare for 5.15. Okay. Dad life. Um, all right, folks. Yeah. Um, episode 254, Galen Trombley Show. Chris Favreau. Um, is your real name Christopher? It is, actually. It is. your email. Christopher Favreau. Um, you want to say your title so I don't screw it up? Uh, you want to just make one up, too? Life insurance agent. Okay. At? At West Bay Financial Group. Okay. Um, so, Chris, great dude. West Bay Financial Group. Um he is, well, North Country native, went away, moved back. His wife's been on the podcast. Um, I was telling people this is Adriana's better half. Just kidding. Just kidding. Not really. It's true. I mean, you said it, not me. It is. No, we're just kidding. We, we, um, Adriana's great. She's been on. We had a lot of fun with her. Um, she's, I think she said she was very nervous. I think you told me she was very nervous, but she crushed it. Um, are you nervous? No. You don't seem like a nervous guy. No. Okay. I, I talk for a living, so I was gonna say if you're nervous, I'm like then I get nervous. I'm like I feel like this is gonna be a chill one. I don't gotta I don't care I wanna carry him uh Chris my shoulders here. So Chris, who are you? How'd you get here? And then we're just gonna dive in and have some fun. Yeah, no. So uh glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Uh no, my name's Chris Favreau. I work for West Bay Financial Group. Uh started there about a year ago now. I'm coming up on my year. Uh complete change of direction of life. Uh mm-hmm. from uh, I used to work for the state. That was my longest tenure job for seven years. And then Adriana, after 10 years of hoping to move back to the North Country, uh, finally talked me into it. And so I had to move back here. What? And again, I, I apologize. Maybe I should remember all this. But Adriana never lived up here, though, right? No. Uh, when we got married, yep. uh, she moved directly down with me. I was already in Albany. Yes. And so she never lived in this area before. But she wanted to come back up here? Well, it's closer to her parents. So from Albany to her parents was a five-hour drive. Okay. And she's north of Montreal. Yeah, about 30 minutes north. Okay. So moving here, it took that five-hour to an hour and a half. Yes. So that was her big want. So, okay. And and obviously she had visited and stuff here. Oh, yeah. So it was like she was like, had no clue what the North Country... She she had to drive through it. But I'm saying she didn't... She never lived here residence-wise, but visited. Correct, yeah, because my parents are still here. We live six minutes from them, so, I mean, we visited them all the time and my family here. But, yeah, she never lived in a small community where everyone knows everyone. And you moved away, was it because of that? No, uh, well, it's part of it. So, you know when you go to, to a Clinton community and it's like going to college with every high school? Yeah. And then you get asked not to come back the next semester from Clinton because you didn't go the first semester. Wait, so that, <laughs> I don't that was how you started you, out. I, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I went to Clinton. So right out of high school, I went to Clinton, went there for a semester. And then I got a nice letter in the mail that said, hey, thanks for attending. But um, you might want to take a semester off and figure out what you're doing. And go so, ahead and please reapply, but not next semester. So you had like a gap year. No, I immediately switched gears and I moved to Albany and I applied for Hudson Valley. So that's it's what, not on my record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, not my record, not at all. <laughs> but you did put. So did, did you do anything at Clinton? I did a semester. 
Okay, because you put it on here. Yeah, well, I mean, it it's a semester. It counts, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's an actual grade associated with it. There's no transcripts. That's all right. Incomplete. All right, yeah. so then, uh, so Hudson Valley. Yeah, went down to Hudson Valley, and then I continued out there and um, almost ended up with an associate's degree in criminal justice, uh, but work took priority over that. Okay. I mean, what 20-year-old doesn't like making $32 an hour working for a bridge construction company? Yes. So I put more time and effort into the trades instead of school again and uh went there for the full two years uh but just was i think one credit like one class credit away from getting my associates and just never actually went back to get it so so your your non-degree college educated non-degree uh no i actually went back to school later in life Okay. So way later, um, okay. because I stuck with the bridge construction, but then that led to a massive life altering. Because my uh, whole goal was just to be a, a police officer. Didn't okay. care if it was state, local, or whatever. But doing the bridge construction work, I was just a general laborer. And what happened in 2010 is I ended up falling, completely screwing up my hip, and having hip surgery. Okay. I had to have all the cartilage resewn into my hip. Which took you out of the running for police. Because after that, he said, no more manual labor for you, no running, no jumping, no anything crazy strenuous, because you could just tear it right back out. Gotcha. And so that ended that dream or career ever wanting to be a cop. So when you say bridge construction, you mean you're like, you're on 87 working on the bridges. Yeah. So do okay. you remember the uh, Champlain Valley Bridge, the one that got demoed? Yes. I was there for that demolition. Like I was on the water when it exploded. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Pretty so, wild. Oh, that was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. Like in the movies, you know, when you see something like blow up in front of them and they're like, that was it. Yeah. And then the aftershock hits. That's yeah. exactly what happened. So We're when all... you're on the water, you must be like, must be crazy. Like the rip, it's like the ripple back or the waves back. So the ripple never happened. Only when the stuff hit the water. Yeah. But it was the air that pushed that you felt that was the craziest thing ever. You could wow. see it move because it was snowing so crazy. I don't really remember, know if you remember the day. I don't know. So it was like this huge thing. The press was there because the governor was the one who blew it up at the time. I think it was... Um, like push the button to blow it up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the, the governor? I, I'm terrible with Peterson? names. But the, he, he was... Was he it was, Peterson? He was, was the blind yeah, governor, Peterson. right? Yeah, yeah. So he was there, which... Is, so he pushed the button. So everyone's there, but it's snowing so hard, nobody got a good shot of it. And so we're on the water, but it pushed all the snow out of the air. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And so then we were responsible for cleaning up the wreckage out of the water. So how does that, how do you clean water? Like, are you diving down? Do you have just like like sonar, not sonar, but like cameras that just go down and grab it like a claw? No. So we have huge barges with excavators chained to these barges. And you have a little motor that then motors you up. You put these huge, they call them spuds, but it's just a huge iron rod that then drops into the ground and an excavator with a claw on it just starts picking stuff up and setting on a barge right next to you. And you just keep going until you hit dirt. And you're at the top. Wait, I guess this is weird. So you're, you're on lake level. Mm-hmm. So then how long is the excavator arm that goes down? Oh, it's, it reaches all the way to the bottom. So it was talking, a huge like, What was the depth there? hundred oh, feet? No, only like 20, 30 feet. Oh, that's all it is there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. it's not that deep right there. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, because yeah. I thought that was one of the deeper parts of the water. So they made it deeper for the ferry crossing that they okay. implemented there. Like they made little channels. Like they brought their boats up and they just kept going back and forth and wow. widened it. I did but yeah, no, that. it's not that deep. I mean, most of the wreckage was actually sitting above water level. So you could see where you were. So most of it from. floated? Well, it's all steel and concrete. 
So it all sank, but there was so much that it was piled up high enough oh that it was God. sat oh, above the okay. water. Now, now it's coming back together. Okay. So well, you said it like was on top of the water. I'm like, how'd that flow? Like, yeah, I was like, I'm assuming that's um, that's good. So yeah, like look at this. The deepest part is 400 feet in Lake Champlain. So that's why I was wondering, like, yeah, no, not 20, there. 30 feet. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I can't guarantee you we got all of it. There's probably still a ton down there. Is that like a EPA DC nightmare? I, I, I like what I was well below that pay grade. Okay, I wasn't sure like if that's like cracked down on you. So, so oh, shit. we had New York all over us, like the state, DEC, all of those guys making sure we got as much as humanly possible out of the water. But yeah. they know that it's impossible with sediment that grabs that stuff. But you got the you get the main stuff. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is wild. Um, <clears throat> look at this in Lake Champlain, Chazy Reef. Extension of the carbonate rock formation extends from Tennessee to Newfoundland. Um, I just told random. I'm just looking up North uh, Lake Champlain. So yeah, so you were way down like right here. So that crossing was right next to Ticonderoga. Yeah, the, yeah, the Crown Point. Yep, exactly. Um, how? What's the? What was the distance across there? I couldn't tell you. Um, it, was it? It was a longer. Was it a longer bridge in Ross's Point? I think it was slightly. It might be slightly. But it, it's about the same, right? It wasn't super... Yeah, it's pretty similar. Ross's point's got a pretty big gap here, because I think it was here. might be a little bit little bit wider. Um, so how'd you get into bridge... Like, So when you say bridge construction, was it just that type of bridge? Or were you talking about like... I, I think bridge construction, I think going down 87 and they're fixing the bridges and you have like the oh, work yeah. crews. So yeah, no, we, I did all of that. Yeah, okay. so I got into it because of the family that I was living with. It was my cousins. And um, his best friend was... Uh, related to the owners of this place and asked him if I could get a summer job. And they said, sure, we always need more laborers and guys like that. So that's how it started. And then just stuck around with that for quite a while. But I did everything from redecking a bridge, building new, all that kind of stuff. I mean, did you ever do, did you rebuild the Champlain Bridge? Were you part uh, of that? Nope. That was a, a different contractor came in to get that contract. So gotcha. we, we were only part of demo removal and setting up of the, the ferry systems that they use to get the pieces out there. So when you look at uh, – like, do you go to Montreal often? Uh, yeah. I mean, when you guys go go back to Adriana's family, like yeah. the, what was the bridge? The Champlain Bridge? Was that the new one they built? Yep. Um, so I remember that post-COVID going up there, and they were starting to put those bridges in. Mm-hmm. And the thing – so – and, and again, now it's completed. It's like, yep. you know, when I went back, it was kind of funny how such a project was without being able to go up there, how much, you know, it had changed. But so when you're starting to put a bridge in and it was, that's what, is that a, considered a cable now, the new one up there? Is that cable stayed or suspension? I'm just looking at this chart. I don't even know if that's uh, the correct terminology. The, the Champlain Bridge up in Montreal might like be, more like a cable. it might be suspension. It's suspension now? It might be, but it could just be could be a mix between cable and truss so were you like this kind of stuff right here so did you have did you deal with this stuff on major bridges like that like did you work on like any of the bridges downstate like the, the oh yeah is, what was the old vicenzio bridge or whatever is like the como bridge now did you work on that oh, one the tappan z no we was never that, was that tappan z was yeah, tappan z the one oh, that, no, that, that one was, was the renamed into the Mario Cuomo Bridge. Yes. Okay. Yes. Tappan Z. That's yep. it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Our, our uh, crews spanned from anywhere all the way from up here to Plattsburgh, um, all the way out west. Uh, we'd go probably about four or five hours west, but then we also went almost into the city. <clears throat> so, again, another dumb question. 
because I, I am always fascinated when you go down and put the pillars into the water. Yep. How does that, what's that process like? So again, I'm, I'm looking at when you go to Montreal and you saw all the pillars coming out of the water yeah. and obviously that's what they build on. What's the process of anchoring that into the ground? So what they do is they build almost like a like a box around where they're going to put the the footers. Okay. And they're they're called U channels, I think. Okay. That, that's what we call. So it's it. like canals almost. So basically, what it is is it's a piece of steel that gets pile driven into the ground, and then each of them lock together. And what that does is that creates a sealed space, and then they pump that space out. Obviously, you can't keep all the water because it's not water sealed, but it keeps the mass majority out. And gotcha. then they set all the the pads to pour the concrete. And then they put the steel in because everything is reinforced with, um, well, what's the word? Um, the iron rods. Um, rebar? Um, yes, rebar. Okay. So that's all in there. And then they pour the concrete on top of that. So, I mean, and you can make those, like when you go in the water. So again, I'm going with the one in Montreal because that's the one I, you know, recently have seen. Like the depth there, do these bridges, are they typically in not, I'm assuming not in very deep parts of the ocean or waterway or whatever? Well, they can be. So what, what, like typical, like support beam going down to the water, how, how, what's the distance that could be? That I don't know. Could be a couple hundred feet? It could be. That's wild. Yeah, no, and it fascinated me, uh, bridge construction. It still does. Like I still, I still love bridges and all of that stuff and the structural, the structural engineering of all of it, um. I always joke. We had one guy who he was one of the engineers. I believe he was anyway, but he was the one who everybody went to for math. But he had a very dark past, mm-hmm. and he used to be a heavy drug user, alcohol, you know, all of that stuff. But the smartness of him and what he would do is when he was thinking, he would put in a double horseshoe of chewing tobacco, okay, and then he would smoke a cigarette. Yeah. So there's so much nicotine going into this man. Dripping. And then he would sit there with a soapstone on the side of the road and he would write out all the equations to make the make the bridges meet because you never build in the middle out. You build from each in each end in. And the calculations okay. to make sure that they line up, it's kind of got to be precise, but he would sit there and he would do the math on the side of the road with a soapstone. And these guys that can do this is just so fascinating to me that that's it comes to them. So he was like he was like the Will Hunting of yeah, he of, really uh, was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So like when you watch, so again, I know bridges. So I that that actually was what I thought they did. I didn't know. Like I've never looked up how they made bridges. Mm-hmm. All the times I go over and I'm like, how the hell do they do that? And I was like, they must have to suck the water, like make a chain, like you said, make a box. Yep. Basically unflood it, whatever. Have you seen skyscrapers being built? No. So I think what skyscrapers do, it's almost like this climbing apparatus where they build up and they keep, I think it's like, it's almost like it scales the building where they kind of keep moving it up the building. And it sounds weird. It's like a spider moving up yeah. and then they keep pulling stuff up. But anytime you see like New York City or whatever, you see these massive cranes, like, you know, tens of whatever stories up. It's just fascinating how they're building all these things like that high in the sky it's just it's it's like the engineering of it's really cool oh absolutely and like and then you look at like how imagine trying to bring all of your work equipment up in new york city up like 80 stories to make you know the 80th floor yeah like it it just i know obviously it's like people that are in the field like it's not that hard but it just seems like the the layman's person looking up at them like that is just unreal which 
imagine like go back in like the 1920s they made what the uh i think the empire state building was like 1930 yeah. maybe so like when you go back at that time period you see the empire state building go up which is the same size as it is now like how mind-blowing that must have been back then that they got it all up there without the technology of today yeah it's like when people say the pyramids like i think the py- same thing i'm like how these i i think like the pyramid building is it's like everybody's freaked out like it's aliens all this crazy stuff like it could just be something simple and they're like actually all we did was this and you're like We've been really overthinking this for thousands of years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the 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 equation would be to build build that, but so okay. I I, I think this is great. I wish I was smarter with this kind of stuff. So bridge construction. Yep. Previous work: New York State Parks and I'm just gonna go through a bunch, and you can yeah. dive into them. New York State Parks and Rec. It worked on equipment database, park ranger, police dispatch, assistant quartermaster. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot. So How old what, are you? Uh, thirty six wild well what led me to the state was the job at bridge construction so when i got was that a private or was that a state job private okay so when i got injured working for bridge construction they moved me into the office instead of saying well thanks for working for your years like okay bye yeah can't use you anymore they moved me into the office and i became the assistant um, equipment manager Okay. And I helped track all the movement of the equipment from job site to job site because you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment sitting on a site. Mm-hmm. And they needed a way to track it. They had no database, no nothing. And that started my liking or the idea of databases and computers. Now, obviously, computers have been a part of our lives forever. Like mm-hmm. we started in school with them. But it started to spark that interest in that. So I started working with the uh, equipment coordinator, or uh, equipment coordinator, equipment uh, manager, and we started creating just a very simple rudimentary access database to track these equipments. And then it evolved into a Google Doc that we then started tracking them with QR codes. So like when they would show up on site, you'd take a picture of the QR code, it would log it in there. So that's what sparked that interest. So kept doing that. And at that time, this is when I now went back to school again because i was like i kind of like this stuff now adriana's dad i don't know if she let into any of that but her dad is a computer programmer he makes websites store pages all of that at the time and he started talking to me about what you can do with coding Mm -hmm. so i was like okay well maybe i'll go back and actually get a job or a degree that would go into this so that's when i started looking and i went back to school online and got a bachelor's degree in information technology okay so so let's jump into that so the the it that is for which one the equipment database so it started off with the bridge place okay and then from there i actually went to work for my father-in-law for a few years building okay building websites wow okay so then when our first kid was coming, I was like, well, being a stay-at-home, uh, self-employed, the paychecks weren't the best every week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you only got what work you went out and found yep. and things like that. So I was like, well, we have a kid coming. I think it's time to go back and get an actual paycheck, mm-hmm. which then led me to the park police. And okay. that started out with the being a park ranger. Had nothing to do with my degree, nothing, but it paid the bills more than what I was getting at home. So I still did both um, and then rose through the ranks, then got asked to be a dispatcher. And then they realized what I could do with databases and 
organizing of things, and they always had a quartermaster. Uh, ended up becoming really good friends with the sergeant at the time, who was the quartermaster. He asked me if I wanted to come and work with him. Okay. So then and I. What's went, a quartermaster do? So a quartermaster is in charge of handing out all of the equipment for new recruits and any officer who's in the field. So they are okay. the ones that order all the uniforms, all of the their vests, belts. So this kind of maybe not fully scratched the edge, but kind of got you back into police where you wanted to be originally. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because the dispatching, you're you're in there, you're still helping. Because this is for SPAC now. This isn't just for a local PD. This is just for the New York State Park Police, who was just in SPAC. So I was there for every concert night. Oh no, shit. doing all of that stuff. Uh, Fish is still my favorite show for working. Were there. you like in the venue? No. So their their um, their headquarters is in the Lincoln Bathhouse. Which okay. uh, are you familiar with SPAC? Uh, I mean, I've, yes, I've gone to yeah, uh, semi. So when you pull you kinda- in. When you pull in off of Route 9 and you go yep. down Avenue of the Pines, yep. it's that first big building on your right. That's called the Lincoln Bathhouse. So that's where okay. dispatch is. That's where the lockup is. That's where Park Police is okay. based out of. So that's okay. where everything was. Um, so, yeah, so that got me into there and kind of like really being a part of it and wanting to be back in there. Um, but obviously dispatching is way different than being actually out in the field. So, but I mean... Some of the stories. So you, so Avenue of the Pines. So if you go my, off, of Route I'm on the nine, right side, right? Route yep. Nine's here. Yeah, because there's Gideon Putnam. Yep. So I've been to Putnam. Yep. So where are we? There's Spac. There's Auto Museum. So go back. Where, uh, where's Nine? This should be Nine right here. Yeah, this is Nine. So just past all these, so this is a tree farm owned by DEC. That's what all those... The Hemlock uh, Woods? Yep. Okay. So that's like a DEC. So keep going up. That's Gideon Putnam. Also oh, Avenue. Children's yep. Museum? So right there, that, that first building that's considered uh, Children's Museum of Saratoga, that's that's gotcha. the Lincoln Bathhouse. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I know exactly what it is. Yep. Oh, very cool. Yeah, usually, I mean, we drive by it. But it's a cool looking building, right? Oh yeah. If it's the one I'm thinking of. It's 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 come on now. Whoa, you're really zooming. We in. we uh we went right to the ground on that one. Where where's uh other side. That's the dog park. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be zoomed in this why am I zoomed in this much? There we go. Okay. That's what it wanted. Yeah. Yep. So that building. Oh, very cool. Yep, I know exactly what it is. So if you ever want to go annoy anybody who's in a lockup cell, those last two windows right here? Yeah, the, that's the that's the lockup. <laughs> so I'm sure you had some concert goers end up there. Oh my god! So as dispatch, you're also required to pay attention to video cameras, okay, and make sure that they're not doing anything bad <laughs> while they're in the cells. Um, a lot of them can't hold the alcohol that they consume to get them into those places, so they're just pissing all over. Uh, pretty much all over themselves. Ugh. Yep. We had a uh, constant uh, bucket of kitty litter. <laughs> so they were just pissing the kitty litter. No, no. When they were done, we would go in, lay the kitty litter down so it wouldn't smell. So oh, that way God. we could continuously bring people in there. That's gross, man. Um, <clears throat> so did you ever get to go on any shows at SPAC? Uh, no, we didn't get, as as uh, employees of the state, we didn't get any special, can't just walk in. Um, we were allowed to like walk in if we were escorted. You could see like real quick. You could see what's going on, but then you had to leave. So you're saying... S- Fish just because of the clientele it brought. Oh my God, yes. Have you ever heard of Shakedown Street? Yeah. Okay, that's my favorite place. Just to go. I, I know walk. this is dumb. Does Does Fish have its own Shakedown Street? Yeah, in the fifty lots. So I, 
I, so this is the thing. I've never been to a fish concert. I saw Trey play for the first time this year in August. Um, I've been to a dead show. So I've been down Shakedown Street for the Grateful Dead or the Dead. And uh, that's a wild time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Shakedown Street. So my, we were in Albany, went down the Shakedown Street. This is for a dead show. Walked down through a bunch of hippies. Actually, there's a fu- I'll show you a funny clip. Um, this is a really funny clip. So do the whole Shakedown Street, go to the show, leave the show. I remember walking back through Shakedown Street to go back to my hotel. It was the first and only time in my life I've seen living zombies. Because people are just walking <laughs> at you. And you're walking at them and you're like, this person's going to move. Like normally a normal functioning human would just kind of like move to the side. Then when they got about me to you away, I'm like, this person's going to walk right through me. I'm, I am, I'm like an aberration to them. They cannot see a thing. So then you just step to the side and they just like in a trance would walk by you. And they're all sucking out of balloons and got people. I just remember them selling bananas. I had, there was a couple hippies like just like spaced the F out and, uh, you know. Talking about how you need potassium and you had to get like, I'm like, I'm like, where am I right now? Uh, this was college. It was a good time. Um, sorry. But yes, but I, I love SPAC. Yeah, no, right over. So you know where the 50 lots are? Yes. Yeah. So one part of the 50 lot on the other side of Route 50, where you got to yep. take the bridge across, Yep. they take a, the top section of that and they allow them two giant rows of tents to set up. So we went to, yeah, so... I mean, we're going way over here at SPAC. So down, which one down? These two? Yeah. So okay. right in there, uh, those two first rows, the, from there all the way up to the entrance Yep, is all just them and their tents. Um, yeah, it, it's a hippy-dippy place. I've been to a couple of music fests and like, it's it's a caravan of people. It is. I'm like, you guys, and of course me, I'm like, what's, what's your profit margin on this? Like <laughs> between, I mean, you're living out of your van, totally respectable. I mean, you haven't washed the clothes and you haven't bought clothes. I mean, these are, the overhead's got to be pretty cheap. Oh, like pins and like little like tchotchkes and and I don't know what they're selling them for. What do you think they pull in like a three night stay for fish? Like probably not that much. A thousand bucks tops, maybe. Because you got to remember who, who's really buying it. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, with, no, no offense, but your target market, like the ones that made the most money, are the people who showed up with grills and like yeah, easy bake ovens because yeah. they would make food. Get the munchies. Oh, they people would be buying food left and right. Yes, like. If you go to any of those shows, especially after the show, and you're just like, I got anything. It's edible. They're like, I'll take it. Yeah. That's wild. You just got to be careful there's nothing extra. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the fun. But it is a fish show, so you that should know the- that there's going to be something extra. Yeah. You get, you get a little bonus. <laughs> yeah. That one's on the house, sweetie. Um, so, <laughs> um, all right. So the so go, I, I, going back to, like, coding. You can code? Yep. So this is another thing. Give us the crash course layman term version of coding for people that don't know about it. I know the term coding. I know ballpark kind of what you're trying to accomplish with it. But besides that, very limited. So uh, the easiest way to say is, you know, where Doc is set up, you already got your margins on the side and Mm -hmm. it knows exactly where you're going to put the the typing. Yep. Right. So in coding, you're the person writing the rules on where you allow things to be placed. And we're talking about everything. So it's literally going down to the per line. And you got to know spacing. you got to know um, size of if they're going to put images, if they just want text. And there's so many different versions of it, which is why I don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Because my brain couldn't keep up with the constant evolution of coding. And it still changes today, which is why my father-in-law finally retired. 
because we obviously security is a huge thing for everybody, but website security is always updating and always upgrading. And if you don't upgrade everything behind it, then your all of your data and everything on there is literally hackable. So it's it it gets a little it gets a little crazy when you start getting into it. Uh, but it's it's literally line for line. Um, doing all the backslashes, all the, the sideways uh, triangles, all of that stuff, and telling everything how it works. It's the Wild West, really. So, okay. I'm going to put examples of coding. I'm hoping this gives us just some stuff. So JavaScript, Python, Java. Yep. Those are all, what would those be considered? So JavaScript and Java alone are rules, uh, a source of code that allows rules for certain things to behave. Okay. So a lot of JavaScript in Java is like for images and the way a web page reacts. Um, Python is actually a style um, all on its own. And I'm really reaching back here to remember a lot of this stuff. But Python is like the the top of, it, they call it like, it's the language. So that's what you're writing in. And Python is used for a specific application. Just like, so when I wrote code, I wrote with, it's called Ruby on Rails. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of code that we did because there's so many different styles that you can write it in one language, but it doesn't transfer over to the other. It's all completely different. So it's almost like learning Spanish or French or absolutely English. okay. Yeah, it's 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 its own language, and none of them talk to each other. So it's not really. So if you understand one, you could completely not understand the other. Correct. And if you wanted to insert, so we used uh, in 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 what I did, uh, we used a lot of JavaScript and pieces like that. You'd have to tell it, "Hey, you're going to interpret this as this," and you physically had to put it in to say, "Hey, this is what you're reading." And if you didn't, it would just come up as, "I, I have no idea what that is." So when we're looking at this, this is on the screen. Again, people, you're listening. Sorry, you're not going to be able to see this, but we'll talk through it. This page, just a little place for me to refer to. This is someone writing this. JavaScript coding examples. So when you look up here and it says like ap.loadalbum, parentheses, album key, parentheses, semicolon, which is the top line. Yep. Do you understand that? Uh, No, not really. Well, really what that's saying is that Hey, the AP, you're going to load this album and here's the key to go get it from my files. Because what's also really crazy is that everything has to live locally on the server that you're having it run from. So I'm going to say, I want you application, I want you to load the album from this key and you're going to have it in a folder and it's going to have a key and then it runs it from there. So you're telling the program, you're going to run this and this is where I want you to pull it from. So when it, then when you go down below, like a standard... Um so the next one down, that like kind of parentheses, like the weird squiggle parentheses, what's mm-hmm. that do? So are we looking in the green? Uh, this one right here. Okay, so that is ending a line. That's saying, okay, I'm done with that command. Okay. Now go to the next line. And then that next one with the uh, closed and then the semicolon, that's ending that entire group. So that's okay. a group on a page. So it's saying this portion of the page, you're going to do this work. Now I'm ending that. I'm now moving down the page. When you say down the page, this is like, like if you're on page. a look on a website, yep. it's this is this block. And then you see another block of information. A lot of coders will put them in blocks so they're easier to manipulate if things have to change. Because you don't want to make it one page that's always just one big piece. Because mm-hmm. then if something's wrong, 
to have to go back and find that one piece that's wrong is like finding a needle in a haystack. Really? Wow. Yep. So when you say like a page, does that mean like it breaks a certain page? So if this was convert to a Word doc, it would fill the page up correctly with all the spaces and stuff or no? Or think of it like a paragraph. But so you have be, one paragraph and yep. then you have the space to go to the next paragraph. But it would still, like if I pull this up, on, if I pulled this up and pretend this piece of paper is like the screen in the Word doc, mm-hmm. would it all fit on this like nicely or would this also, would it not? In theory, it should. It, as long you as you programmed it to have the correct spacing. Correct. Like, I, so I guess it's so weird because you look at this and then it turns into like, let's just say like Google, very simple. Like Google's all coding. Yep. So if someone w- went in and coded the homepage for Google, are they coding everything for like all these little drop downs and my face up here and then what this is and then the search bar and the microphone? Yep. So all of that would have a code and would tell it where to place it on. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing that like fascinates me with all the words and like, how does it know to put this? Like, I think of when I'm designing this, like, give me Canva so I can visually see where it's all going. So this just works purely based on, like, characters. Yeah, and the only way that you know that it fits is then you have to run it and have it generate a page so you can preview it. And nine oh. times out of ten, you get it wrong every time until the very end. So when you when people say coding, like, is is coding hard, like, to think about or is coding more like just just uh so repetitive and long that it's just like it's easy to do it just takes forever to complete so it's a bit of both um i got a lot of the easy stuff in the beginning of my career of it Mm -hmm. so i got a lot of the same problems it was hey go find what's broken and try and fix it okay and so i dealt primarily in just finding bugs getting them to work um, but for someone to generate an entire thing on their own, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's mind boggling to understand how everything has to work together because one piece, one piece of code can throw the entire page down the drain that you want to work. So is everything that's digital have code? Yes. So, so obviously like, you know, I, I always think of like coding is, you know, in the, um, social network movie when he's like. Was Zuckerberg and he's like coding. I mean, it's the the play on it, the movie about him. But yeah, he's like coding, and so he was building out Facebook with code because mm-hmm. he understood how to code, right? So all those little tabs, so like click here, go this, drop down here. He knew what string of letters made that command happen. Correct. So I'm gonna go even layer deep. Like, who created? Do you know who created coding? No. Because then I think about like just because like you know how to run it, it's like like let's say I'm going to say Canva because I've used Canva. Canva's like a, a digital visual type thing people can use. It's easy. I look at Canva and I can get really good at Canva. Like I'm okay at Canva. But someone created Canva. I just know how to use Can- Canva. So it's like right. whoever would like put all these together and said this is how to make that command – and came up with the idea to make that even happen. And then someone just to say like, oh, I just know how to put those in order to make it. To me, it seems like two wildly different levels of thinking. Power. You want to go one deeper? Yes. That all converts to ones and zeros for a computer to understand it. So when, now that's the other thing too. So we're talking about like binary code or whatever, and it's going back one, zero, one, zero. So it's just, the, it's basically almost like an infinite amount of sequences that this mm-hmm. thing can generate. So if you have, so, I mean, do you know, does anybody code in binary numbers? 
There's probably some freak that does Some it. people do. I've never seen it. I've never wanted to see it. Okay. Uh, my brain has a hard enough time processing the words that don't even make sense, as you can see. Uh, some of those aren't even words. Uh, they're just squiggly lines. Yeah. Yeah, there's like an exclamation so. point, equal sign, equal sign, this. It's kind of like when you use Excel and you can put in like the math equations yeah. in Excel because it's similar, but you got to... But again, too, like you could have a whole book and look it up, or you could just memorize it, which is obviously quicker. Right. So some of these people just memorize this, like oh yeah, like English language. So yep. um, now there are tools to help people go faster. So like what you're seeing here, it I believe that this is oh what's it called? There's there's an actual program that you can say, hey, I'm going to be coding. This is my language, mm -hmm. and it'll actually help you pre-fill some code. Is it like AI when they talk about coding with AI? No, it's 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 not AI because um, AI because I use the pre-filling uh, programs, mm -hmm. but it, it was well before AI. Basically, they took um, a collaborative of everyone's stuff and they just said, "Okay, you're trying to do this. Okay, here, just click this, and it'll help insert it." So to help you move a little faster, because it's kind of like a, this. This has been a pre. This is like a. It's kind of like a file or a setting that's been used quite often. We know it works and Correct. just use it. And then you can yeah. tweak it if you wanted to. I, I just, I've actually never talked to me about coding. It just fascinates me how this stuff is all put together. Yep. And 90% of what I learned has been purged from my brain. Because it's just, it, it, it's just a uh, constant, non-changing, evolving language, really. Yeah, I'm just looking at this. It's it's almost like a big math equation you're trying to figure out. So like string total equal equal greater than less than whatever that sign is, zero. String teeter. String, like is that, do you know if those are universal names like teeter and boo-boo and total? Or is that just something they're inputting as like? That's most likely what they're calling it. Because you can call anything you want. You can, you can give it any command its own name. Like at the end, I started just started putting like bread comes in bread crumbs in for my father-in-law to see if he would find the words that I put in there. But it meant something. Well, it's, still, it, it's just the title. But would it have still functioned correctly? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just the title of the execution that I want. Like I think I called one poop once. And I still don't think he found it to this day. But it's there. <laughs> oh, it's there. You know it's there. <laughs> in all its glory. Um like I just want to play this real quick. We're not going to watch the whole video. Like Elon must know how to code, right? It would a surprise level. me if he didn't. Okay. What's up, guys? This is Code, and welcome back to a brand new video. Also, in this video, have you ever noticed all these people on YouTube when they do these like self-help, like training courses or whatever? They have that like weird voice that they're standing ninety feet away from their microphone. But it's always it's always like, "Hey guys," and this is how we're going. Like it just it's like a weird, they all sound the same. They're either foreign or they sound like this. Absolutely free. Like, they, they drag free. it like for free. Like, they, it, I'm people that watch these videos. I watch a lot of these because I like try to learn stuff, and it always kills me. There are some things you guys should know about this. So, first and foremost, you, you don't need any experience or knowledge. Just turn this up. You don't need any experience. Good. This is where we're at. Okay, okay. Have you ever drawn an X like that? No. And then you have to no. So this guy basically drew an X by making like a greater than and less than symbol. Yeah. So they connected in the middle. A normal person would make a diagonal and then another diagonal. 
typically from left to like I don't think anybody's gone like this. So you typically go. No, I do. Actually, I do that. I make an X. I I backslash and then forward slash my X. Do you go the other way? Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. So you go from top right to bottom left, top yeah. left to bottom right. Yeah. I'm gonna start using the greater than and less than sign now. <laughs> it's it's like when you make a Y and you make the like you make the uh, upside down triangle. That's a good way of looking at it. Like the yeah. delta, whatever, upside down. And then from the point you come straight down and it never looks good because you it's like so hard to keep equal. But if you were to make like a line and then slash the other way, then you're like, that's a Y. But it's still crooked. It's always going to be crooked, but it looks like it fits better than making like a thing like this and then trying to hat it. It's like a T. Like if you make a line with a T and do it because the margin of error, if it goes above the line, it looks like a cross and not a T. It's minor. It's minor details. But I'm <laughs> I, I know there's someone on here that's like this guy. I know exactly what he's saying. He doesn't know what he's saying, but I know exactly what he's saying. It's completely free, so you don't have to worry about that. So, with that being said, why should you learn to code? No, I just want to see you do some stuff, it. bro. I am not affiliated. He, he's never gonna learn. This this is a four minute and forty five second video, and he's <laughs> we're two minutes in, and he's already giving us. <laughs> Center and the live production section on the right side of the screen. Say hello. So, following the left side of the screen, you guys are gonna get a tutorial. And then so is this how it looked for you? Challenge. No. So this is also different coding because this is an HTML. HTML is completely different than any other coding. HTML is the basic. So if you're like me learning how to code, I would do HTML. Yeah. Or is it even worth doing it? Better just going to like Java? Is it kind of like learning English so, and saying, well, you really need to learn Portuguese. So HTML is like the basic fundamentals. So like what he put in there that uh, the slash H1 uh whatever it came out to be what that is all that says is uh heading one make it say hello okay and then he closed it so heading one is a predetermined size boldness of the word with inside that group and how do you put the how do you how do you determine the size of that guesstimate but we, is there like a font size or something that's what h1 equals is that specific font. So if you want something that's special, that's already been made, you'd have to go and figure out which, what H will work. Or if so none of like them H21. work, or if none of them work, you then write something that says like, um, you start off with the uh, one slash, and then you'd put in script, and then you would keep it open, and then you would put in font size, um, if you want it bold, if you want it italic, any of that stuff, and then you would put the word in, and then you would close it, and then it would write it out. Wow. Like this guy right here, programming with Mosh, HTML tutorial for beginners, crash course, learn HTML in one hour. Yeah, you could probably do it. Yeah? Yeah. I might watch that. Yeah. And did you notice these two videos have the same exact title? Two different dudes, same title? How I would learn to code if I could start over. How we would learn to code if I could start over. One is nine minutes and the other is 13. And one is capitalized, one is not. <laughs> so I feel like they both did their homework and you're like, people are going to click on this. Um, okay, sorry. But that, I, I'm fascinated with coding and building. So build, building bridges, that, that's wild. Well. So when's the last time you coded? You said a long time ago. Ooh, probably 2013, 2014. And when's the last time you worked on some bridge construction stuff? Oh, 2010. So it was even longer. Wow. Yeah. So this is, so how, how many jobs have you had in your life? Oh, what do we got on there? One, two, is Parks and Rec the same as working on equipment database? 
Or am I just going by where the hyphen or what the backslashes are? No. So Parks and Rec, uh, that's kind of that's the main agency. Yep. So when I worked for the auditing department, that's what the database belonged to. Okay. So you have Bridge Construction, New York State Parks and Rec, Park Ranger, Police Dispatch, and Assistant Quartermaster. Yeah. And then before all that, before I left. I also worked for a company called IBA, which is International Buyers Association. Okay. They deliver farming supplies. And then I used to work for Eckerd Drugs, which then was bought out by Rite Aid. Okay. And then I worked for both of them. Do we have an Eckerd's up here? We We used to. Yeah. I remember that. There's a dollar store now. Because it I went mean, from more specific. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. No, uh, no, it's right next to Starbucks. That used to be Eckerd's on the left hand side of Starbucks. Yes, then it went to Rite Aid, and, and then, then it went to Rite Aid because Starbucks used to be a Dairy Queen. Yes, it was. So, like, that's that's my fondest memories of that look. Now I get my haircut there, and I get my I, get, I love Starbucks, so that like works out. But uh, wow, which I mean, your next closest Dairy Queen is only Malone away. So Dairy Queen is like. This might be a little hot take. It's not great, but my wife loves it for some odd reason. I can say with certainty I've probably had it once in my life. Oh, God. If we see a Dairy Queen, we're probably stopping. Oh. And it's not good. Like, it's not the best. I mean, the best. What's your favorite ice cream? Uh, Probably mint chocolate chip. What's your favorite brand of ice cream? Probably Stewart's. Yeah. I was going to say, if you don't say. So mean, this, so this is the thing. I, I'm going to. Uh, a little plug here for Stewart's. <laughs> We all grew up with Stewart's. The only reason I'm saying this is because we've been on a major peanut butter pandemonium kick. Meaning, when I say we, me and my wife. And uh, so, which is, she's a peanut butter person. My all-time favorite ice cream is cookies and cream. I'm, I love Oreos. I love like that kind of stuff. But peanut butter pandemonium is, I mean, this is not going to be a shock for people. It is extremely good. But then you start looking at, and I thought about this not long ago. I'm like, Stewart's at the end of the day, is basically a gas station grocery store. Yeah. But And, and normally when you go to those places, it, they're just kind of like generic, like um, whatever they make, like snacks and sandwiches and stuff. You wouldn't – very rarely you think of a grocery store and be like, that place, like Maplefields has the best whatever. Like I don't think anybody's ever said that. Not to say it's bad, but nobody's like – they make the best like chicken fingers. I don't – I'm just saying something random. But when you talk about Stewart's, same thing. You're like, Stewart's is the best ice cream. Like it doesn't matter where you go. Like – People just go to Stewart's sure. for the ice cream. Like you have other stuff you can go for, but like I don't go to convenience stores to get something from the convenience store unless it's convenient and I'm going to the store. But Stewart's, like I will make a trip to go to Stewart's specifically to get ice cream versus going to like a grocery store or going to like a even. Um, I don't like soft ice cream as much as hard ice cream. So even like going to like a something like that, I'm like I'd rather just get Stewart's. Yeah, but it's just funny how like when you really think about that like. It is just ice cream. Like, I know it sounds weird, but if you th- if people can just like think about it's, I just don't know. I just, it's a gas station that like, it's like not even made for that kind of stuff. But then you realize like, it's actually got the best ice cream. Like arguably. And I don't think everybody who votes is like at Stewart's. Yeah. I can believe that. But doesn't that seem weird to you or no? I, I, I could be overthinking this. Where my brain goes. I'm just like, there's no other place that's that style meaning a convenience store or a gas station that you would frequent to get a certain type of product just from that store well i mean you could put it up against cumbies with their slushies cumberland farms which they we don't I've have never any heard around the term here. cumbies cumbies so that, that's cumberland a gas farms, station okay. down i know cumberland in, farms oh, we, 
so down you in lo- Albany, you local that, downstate guy. That, that's that's they they have most of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's called Cumbies. But they have like their like the almost like a Seven Eleven gulp kind of thing. So, so it's like universally known that you go to Cumberland Farms, you get the Slurpee. Yeah, like okay. Slurpee or their big coffees or whatever, because their coffee is pretty good too. Okay. Because like I've been to like Wawa's, so like Wawa's is yep. like down kind of like in the Pennsylvania, Jersey, like that area, maybe Southern New York. Um, but I don't. I think it's a cool store, but I don't think I'm going there to get something specific. Like you're not going to. Are you going there to get like ice cream, or like you said, are you going there specifically for coffee? Well, I just had my first experience for a Wawa. If we had them here, yeah, I'd go there for everything. Wawa's are great. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what Wawa's is. I, I again, I don't know why we got on this topic, but or, uh, convenience stores have upped their game in the last ten years. Well, yeah, but you think about all the dump places you used to go to as a kid, and now you go in, and I'm like, these are like you could sit in here and eat. They have like other stores. They have like honestly, some of the best bathrooms I found are in these like like no like you go to a Maple Fields like it's compared to some places you go to. I'm like this is actually pretty nice. Sure, and but I don't remember that as a kid. So now I feel like everything's like it's almost like luxury convenience stores well i wonder if they got the idea from like truck stops like betty's or what, heard what's the other one not betty's but was it bucky's or beavers or what's the big one well down betty s- was the beaver with like the stars and stripes are you talking about the one down e-town uh, these used to be just like at every truck stop uh i think e-town still has it oh, that doesn't surprise me what's it called again i think it's just called betty's isn't it like betty beavers or something like that Oh, I watch this. If I can spell right, Betty. Yeah, Betty Beavers Fuel Stop. There you go. Yeah, but look at this. Um, we should be also very careful what you're Googling about Betty's Beaver. Well. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> um, but I think what you were also talking about was uh, Bucky's. I think Bucky's, Bucky's was another one that That's was it. just like that. Yes. Yeah, right here. So there's one in E-Town. E-town. Have you ever been to it? No. If, if you get on, it's right next to the uh, police department. Yeah, there you go. Essex County Jail. It's right there. Betty Beaver's truck stop, E-town. There you go. 40 minutes south. So you think about it. Truck stops used to have full service of everything. Showers, the convenience stores, the food. And now trucking has practically disappeared. So well, that or they're sleeping in their... Or they're... Yeah, right. They're well, sleeping I mean, in their they cabs. They probably have a ton. Or, like, yeah. So they have so many more sense. options. Or people aren't really... I mean, a lot of the trucking has gone from cross-country to local. So, I mean, you take those places, they had to evolve into something. So they probably took a page from those. And what, What's the big one down down in, uh, like, the south? Is it Bucky's? I think it is Bucky's. I think it's Bucky's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah where they literally have everything. Which I, I yeah, Bucky's. Which is like the Walmart of truck stops. <laughs> but it is. It's like people go to this place. Like it's. Yeah. So I, I did watch a couple specials on this. I mean, they're massive. They're like. Is that a drive through Yeah. They're like desti- they're destinations. Those, no, these right here. These are all. That's all gas. Um, no, that one right there. Is it, or is that a, is that a car, car oh, wash? It's a car wash. I yeah. thought they were driving in. No. Oh, well, yeah. well, you know that they have drive through liquor stores down south, right? No. Yeah, I got introduced to that too when I went to Virginia for a funeral. And uh, while we're down there, like, yeah, do you guys want anything? We'll just hit the drive-thru. I'm like, drive-thru of what? They're like, oh, we're going to the liquor store. I was like, that doesn't exist. Like, yeah, come on. 
let me see. Well, what's cool is like the, the to go. Like if you go get places and they give you like to go cups or like booze, like you can pick them up now. I think they all changed. Did they have that pre COVID? No, that doing, was during COVID then they to help it. out with the restaurants. And then the governor said, we'll keep it. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, we, we uh, like, I mean, it wasn't today, uh, but we've been to like Aleka's and they've given us like sangrias, like full sangrias with cups on them. Like you get like a pitcher or whatever. And they just give them to all these to go cups. Like, right. This is the greatest thing ever. Like if you really like it, like, you, mm-hmm. like before you couldn't get the drinks if unless you. Right. Because I mean, they had to, because what would that uh, interfere with the open container law? In New York State, because it's technically not sealed. Correct, but hey, God bless New York. Um, right. So a drive-through liquor store. What? Yeah. Yeah. So you just pull up, you put your order in, you show your ID at the window, and they hand you all your stuff, and you give them their card. <laughs> Is there a limit? I don't know. We didn't get that far. I like how some of these images are literally cars driving through a building or Big Daddies. That's a great name for liquor store, Big Daddies. I don't know. Wow, I, you're right. I've always said if I open up a any type of store, it's going to be called Your Mom's. Where are you guys going tonight? Going to Your Mom's. Isn't that a Tom Segura's podcast? No. Yeah. Is it? Isn't it Tom and Christina P? It's called Your Mom's House. Oh, I, I don't know. Do you know who they are? I think I know who Tom is. Yeah, he's your he's, Mom's he, House. He's the guy with... Yeah. Uh, it's Tom Segura and, and uh, oh, they Christina call it your P. Your mom's house. Yeah, it's the name of the podcast. It's a husband and wife, but they're both <laughs> comics. And I guess it's like outrageous, but it's yeah, it's called your mom's house. The only podcast I listen to him with is with uh, the other guy, Bert. Uh, Bert. Two Bert or two bears, two one ba- cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're I guess they're like best friends, but so they're both both comics. They're hilarious. Um, yeah, that was back when he was fat. Um, <laughs> this is what he looks like more now. He's lost a little bit of weight. Um, but no, they're both, but they're they're crazy, and they do this podcast together. <laughs> but they're married, which has got to be a twisted like marriage, which has got to be a great marriage. So I'm saying, like, oh sure, but like they come up with some shit. Um, sorry, totally random. So let's go back to some work stuff. <laughs> um, this will go off the rails quick, Chris. Um, so career, how do we get into what you're doing now? What made me change careers completely? Is this is this the current career, or is this what you were doing previous? No. So what made me change careers completely was the accident, gotcha. because what I was going for was the police officer, okay. and then that accident drove me off that. So before we talk about why you're doing insurance and stuff now, um, or financial planning, or working towards that, if you, so you're 36, I'm turning 34 in five days. So when I so we look at that. I would say right now you've probably have had somewhere between like six to seven jobs. I don't know, not in a bad way, but I'm saying like you've done like career change, evolution, opportunities. Oh, yeah. You probably have seven maybe things. So the state was going to be permanent. That's what I ended up doing when I got on to – so when I left the police department, I was recruited to go work for the state in the audit department because okay. this was around the time of COVID. And they knew an emergency planning action was coming up to help um, kind of track all of the equipment and where it was going to be used throughout the state. Mm -hmm. And in the audit department, we started actually following all of our equipment. Like we built a database from the ground up. And when I say we built it, we built literally it was from a weed whacker to a building. That's what we were tracking. And so that was us because it's funny. Buildings do go missing. 
one day it's there, the next day it gets demoed, and okay. because a tree fell on it or something, something doesn't get filed as the paperwork to say that, hey, we're removing this, but it's on the depreciation value. So now okay. that value of that asset is now gone, but we're still tracking it that we own that asset, but it's been gone for, okay. could have been gone for years, but it's still on the books. So they needed a better way of helping track that. Okay. So me and my boss, we ended up started coming up with a program that would actually track it. And the best part about that job is I got to travel to every single New York State Park in the state. And how and, many are there? Oh, I think there's a hundred and probably more, 136. Wow. There might be more, some of the smaller ones. But so wherever there was equipment and wherever we housed it, I got to travel to. And it was awesome to see every park. And then you go there, you get to see all the equipment, you get to see the, you know, just help them arrange it and kind of figure all that stuff out. And then we started the system of tracking it. COVID happened. They created this new system that linked all of the state agencies together and allowed the sharing of that data. Mm -hmm. So in the event of a natural disaster, we'll say, flooding. If state parks had boats that weren't being utilized and somebody needed them, they could request it. So they'd have that opportunity to say, hey, I see you have five boats in the area. Can I take them because I need to go out and do such and such? So that's what started that. And that ended up becoming like a real passion project. Loved it. Loved every second of it. And that's what my role was evolving into was to be in charge of that database, tracking it, finding all that equipment, figuring it all out, and then just continuously maintaining it, really. And then whatever anything else rolled into that. And then I don't say it's her fault, but I mean, it's her fault. Then we moved here. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, well, so what, what was, so let's say you have, like I said, seven or eight. I'm just going to say seven or eight. I'm just rounding. It might be lower or higher. But um, so if you ballpark, I'm just looking at like a, um, a contrast of like, so my life I've had really careers. I've real estate's the only thing I've been in since I was 20. I served ice cream for seven years. And then I did like the odd, like I coached soccer for eight years. And then I substitute taught for like, two semesters just doesn't even really count and then like mode lines when I was a kid but for someone to jump around and what I'm saying is you've had to like relearn stuff so the difference is and this is what kind of like a fascination because I've never experienced this so if I learn you know one thing or the same thing for you know let's say 14 about 14 years now 15 years I've been doing this one thing and but the thing is I've learned a lot within that and you've done what seems like a like pretty um, I want to say at odds, but like not the same career path. I mean, you've jumped to different branches, sure, right? So they're not. There's, I mean, there's some similarities, but a lot of different. How is the having to like number one decide to completely switch careers multiple times? Like, just say like I'm not in this anymore. I'm going to this completely different field because there's a learning curve to like I got to learn all that stuff in that field. Um, so what has been the decision like for you to make those changes? Um, and then what's been the learning curve to make the changes or kind of get your, you know, your, uh, your bearings. Um, and is it harder than it seems? Is it easier? Is it kind of like, it's a pain in the ass or do I do it? Or it's like, it's not that bad. So 
the learning curve is the challenge, mm-hmm. and that's it, it's fun. I get to learn something brand new. Like I've never even experienced it. I don't know if I'm going to like it or not, mm-hmm. but I'm going to find out. When you're younger and you don't have responsibilities as much, mm-hmm. it's super easy. Yeah. Because literally you just can turn off what you were doing yesterday and turn on what you're going to learn to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then you get kids. Yeah. <laughs> and you get dependents. And yeah. you've got to be at certain places at specific times. It gets exponentially harder. Yeah. This is the hardest transition that I'm doing today that okay. I've ever done. And is it more because of the family situation? It's both. It's okay. I've never, ever had to learn something where I didn't go to school. Mm-hmm. I have to do all the self-teaching uh, mm-hmm. of everything that I'm doing. Uh, I mean, I have great partners at the office. They, they'll help you day and night. Um, but it's ultimately up to you to learn the information, retain it, mm-hmm. and then go take multiple state exams to then get licensed in this. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest challenge. So it's it's the work-life balance and nine times out of 10 right now, work is winning mm-hmm. because I need that extra time. Um, a, I don't retain information like I used to. Um, B, it's I my brain then wanders. It's like, I'd really rather be home hanging out yeah. with my kids tonight. Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that then you go off on those tangents and like, no, this is temporary. Like, couple weeks, couple months, then you got the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you put those into perspective and it makes it a little bit easier, but it doesn't get easier. Um, so the, yeah, cause I, I call it like seasons of life. So, and I've heard that term. I didn't create that term. I've heard that. And I like it because I think sometimes we get into, you get put in this box of, you know, you kind of create your own box and then you have the society box where like how people perceive Chris. So then all of a sudden, if you try something different, then they're like, yeah, but Chris is this guy or whatever that, that sure. title might be. Like Chris is the bridge construction guy. Now Chris is doing like something with finance. Like that's weird. Like that's not what Chris does. And that's a lot of it is people can have that opinion, but then we kind of frame that into ourselves because we speak to ourselves louder than anybody else. So we're like, that's what I got to do because that's what people think I do. And I'm setting, I've already set this expectation because um, I've had... Like I said this before, like I like real estate. I've, you know, understand it fairly well. Um, is it the thing that I'm like, oh my God, I am so passionate that this is my life calling? Absolutely no. Like it's not, like, I'm not going to sure go to it. I like it. it. For me, it's something that I've learned. I learned at a young age, stuck with it. I found parts of real estate that to me are challenging for me. There's things that I've, I get bored easy. Um, not that I won't stick with something it's not like i'm like shiny object syndrome every six months i'm like i've like i have long-term goals and plans but like once i like there's one big goal that i accomplished that i had set was like a 10-year goal and i got to that goal and it's like okay cool like i did it and i like blew it out of the water so like i overshot it in a good way and then i was like you know what if this is what I have to look forward to for the next 30 years, I'm going to be bored as hell. I'll be like on paper, probably, you know, fairly successful, but deep down, I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to hate my life. Like, it's just not fun. So, so for me, like the last two years, I basically took a big step back, went into like miserable land, um, knowing that it was going to be something that could propel my career slash um, sanity interest forward. But for so for my thing, it's like 
this is probably the closest I've come to taking a career shift, even though it's in the same industry. And it's tough because like I said, I was re I was learning a lot of things I had never learned before, but I knew like I have to kind of go seek out how to get to this next thing and then build back and then try to figure it out and then realize like, oh, okay, this is going to be a couple years of just spent when I say couple years, I'm talking like the family responsibilities on top of it. So like what probably could have took me a year is going to be, you know, two to three years. Sure. Um, but then you start looking at like having to learn it and then having to have, like you said, that exhaustive energy of like, I'm overthinking, not overthinking, like I'm burning every brain cell I have to try to accomplish like what I'm assuming you're doing now, studying and trying to learn this thing because it's not natural to you. And then once it becomes natural, like I can take my foot off the gas a little bit because I've kind of like got past that initial like learning curve, you know, trial by air or fire, whatever you want to call it. Um, so have you experienced that every time you've taken a step back and to do something? Cause usually you gotta take a step back to go forward. Cause it's like, okay, I gotta pause. And maybe you were, whether it was making a certain amount of money or if it was just purely like time and energy of like, I'm comfortable, like this is easy. Cause you know it Sure. to say I'm stepping back and now I'm going to work harder because now I got to get back to where I was before. So it's almost like this reverse loop that you're doing. Knowing that it's like a slingshot, you're gonna take a loop back to shoot back for, forward, but it's like to take that dip back. Oh yeah, no, this one was a hundred percent the biggest dip backwards that we've ever done. So my job before this, I was with Casella, mm-hmm. and that was a uh, salaried position doing sales, outside sales for them. And to take this job, I turned into a ten ninety nine contracted employee. And you're hundred percent ten ninety nine. Hundred percent. Yeah. So oh, yeah. no. No income unless you go generate it. And to be able to have to do that while learning at the same time, that that was the biggest decision. And and I didn't make this by myself. So you're wearing both hats right now. You're doing the training on top of the working. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You have to do both at once. And if you don't, it's it's like sink or swim kind of thing. Well, you have to do the selling just to have the income. And then the training is going to propel Correct. itself. So in a perfect world, you'd be like, I got enough of a nest egg. I can just study. Right. Now, a, a lot of world. people a lot of people stop where I've gotten. So I got my life and health uh, license uh, probably about four, five, six months ago now. Okay. So I'm licensed in New York State to sell life insurance. Okay. The next thing that I'm studying for is to become a financial advisor, servicer, to do okay. re- like retirement plannings and things okay. like that. And that requires three tests. To take for New York yes. State, so you got to take your SIE, your series, whatever series you're going to take, and then the corresponding New York State test that they want you. So I'm getting my six and my sixty-three because I don't ever want to sell or trade my own stocks, which would require my seven and sixty-five. Okay, and, and what what are those exactly? So those are basically what you have to learn is what it means for the entire organization, not just what you do as a representative, you understand how the broker dealers work, which is who manages all of the uh, representatives. You have to learn all of the rules and regulations that go into buying, selling, trading. And what's really actually nice, I've never seen a um, an exam focus so much on protecting the client than making sure that you're getting it correct. These exams are so focused on making sure that you know what you're doing in the best interest and protecting the person. Is it um, like financial advising? Is this like a fiduciary advisor? Am I thinking the wrong thing? Like, you know, you want you have the ones that have like commission rates, and then you have ones that have like just 
fees? So like, it it's it's solely based up to me. Okay. So I could do either one. We could set up a contract, and this is all hypothetical because I'm not licensed, so I can't do any of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if I am licensed, and you come in and you say, "Hey, I need, I need help every once in a while," I can write up a contract, and we can sign that, and then you pay me whatever hourly wage it is. Otherwise, if you wanted to have your accounts with me, I'm 100% compensated on the back end. Based on how well they Based do. Based on how well they do. So like the better you are skill-wise, the more money you make. Correct. So it's not just a matter of like, hey, I'm making a trade, I get paid. It's like, I got to make a good trade. Right. Otherwise, I don't get, yeah. But see, the nice thing is that I never have to do the trading. That's so, the great part about the organization that I work with. Mm-hmm. I bring the clients in get them to understand that we have their best interests in and I'm a part of the National Life organization and they're partnered and uh, with uh, um, equity services so ESI and what they do is we bring them in we we're the face and then we hand all of their information off as to what they are looking for and then they give it back to us and say here you go I mean I have the ability to do that I can do it for them and a lot of the, the tenured guys who have been there for years, they know exactly what they're talking about. So they're not even going to go back to the office and say, what should I do? Um, so, but it kind of falls within that realm of, it's up to me. I can steer you one way or I can have somebody steer you another. But it's always going to be in that person's best interest. Um, so we're doing, so are, when you talk about like, um, you said financial planning, it, so it's more retirement accounts. You're talking like our, um, IRAs, mm-hmm. all of the above. Yep. Do you do any like index funds and all that stuff all falls under that? Yep. It'll all fall under that. Um, so like the fi- the financing. So what got you into wanting to do financing? So it wasn't the financing. It was okay. the life side. Okay. When I was introduced to the program, um, I don't know if you're familiar how I met Chris Huckrow no at West Bay. So Golf. it was last year at Santa Night. Okay. So I'm still working for for Casella. And well, yeah, Casella, how was that by the way this year? It was awesome. So you know what? You missed I, a good night. Well, <laughs> I had I had a family obligation, then everybody got sick. So like, I, <laughs> there was no chance. Even if I was scheduled to go, I would have canceled because I'm like, I'm sick of the dog right now. Which was right after the podcast because I canceled on you in like day one, and that dragged on for I think a close to a week. I believe it. I spent all Saturday in bed with what's going on around now. Yeah. So I'm glad you had fun. No one has a chance. So. So no, keep going. Well, I mean, if you would have come, we would have drank the sickness out of you while I, singing I heard, car- carols. I heard, I heard that. <laughs> I, I, I heard. I heard you're like the uh, what's his name, uh, Bocelli. I heard you're like the North Country Bocelli. I hope not. <laughs> uh, so no. So I met Chris um, Huckrow, who's the managing partner of West Bay Financial Group. Okay. And I met him at Santa Night. So Casella sponsored two seats on this bus, which was awesome. And Adriana came with me. And we get to the end of the night. Now, I had never met Chris before then. Never knew who he was. Met him briefly at the office before we got going. <clears throat> and uh, so we get in there. End of the night rolls around. And the end of the night, we always end up at Olive Ridley's. So I'm told. So we all go to Olive Ridley's. We head over there. And Chris comes over to me. He's like, hey, man, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for coming over. And we just start chit-chatting. Now, both of us are... Slightly intoxicated. No. And we're just chatting. And he he looks at me and goes, you know what? I like you. I want you to call me on Monday. Now, the shitty part about that is that I lost my phone before going 
to sanitize. So I don't even have a phone at this point. And I'm like, oh, crap. I hope it's at the office, but I couldn't remember. Monday morning rolls around. Find my phone. It was at the office. I charge it up. I call him. I said, hey, Chris, it's uh, Chris Favreau calling. Uh, you, you wanted me to call you. Very long pause. Um, and Chris goes, um, were you a potential client? I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> and I go, well, we talked at Santa night. And, uh, you, you said that you liked me and that you wanted me to call you. And another very long pause goes on. And he goes, oh, I remember now. Yeah, why don't you come into my office? Let's have a chat. <laughs> did, did, he, what, did he actually remember or was he just trying to like? So he didn't remember until I actually walked into the office. Okay. Then he remembered what he wanted to talk to me about. That is so funny. Apparently, I gave him the impression that, uh, it, that I was likable for some reason and that he wanted to introduce me into this world of life insurance and uh, financial planning. But after meeting with him, he goes, hey, you know what I want you to do? I want you to go over and meet some of the guys from uh, from the agency. Okay. So we're grouped with the Vermont agency, which is over in Vermont, obviously. And um, I get over there and I meet these two guys. And one, his name is Tyler Combs, and then the other one is Jimmy Hunt. Um, and they are amazing guys. And basically what they tell me is they say, if you have a passion for actually helping people, this is the line of work. Okay. Because they started talking to me about what life insurance means to them. And have you ever heard the word advocate? Well, I, mean, I know what it is. Right. Yeah. So what they teach is how for you to be an advocate for life insurance. And their okay. number one thing is if you had an unlimited amount of life rings to throw at people to give them ease and peace of mind to know that their loved ones and family are taken care of in the event that you pass away or something bad happens, who would you want to throw them to? And everyone's normal answer is, well, everyone. And so that's the way they train people is that that's what you are doing with life insurance. Is What's the percentage of people that have life insurance or don't? Super low. The amount of people that have so. insurance is so low, it's... It's staggering. Like, what would be... Like, I think, like, life insurance. I think health insurance. Like, what is the main, like, main insurances you think someone should have? Well, they should... Well, I don't... It's... Well, they remove that. It's it's now legal to not have health insurance. It is legal. Right. It used to not be. Yes. But now that's gone. But, I mean, in a perfect world, you should have both. Health insurance, obviously, to help with right now costs. Day to day, yeah. But the really awesome thing about life insurance is, and I have no idea who I saw it from because it was the quickest thing on Instagram that I saw. This guy goes, he goes, I want to teach people that life insurance is no longer what they thought it was of being called death insurance. Had the one purpose. When you passed away, your family got to pay out. Yeah. Life insurance now today is to be used while you are alive. And when so, you need it. So people give us the give us the uh what what is life insurance in a nutshell? So there's two there's two types of life insurance. You have term and whole and you have whole life. Okay. Which whole life can be multiple different things. But term is the quick down and dirty. You need a certain amount of money to cover your debts, your 
and when I say debts, I don't mean today's debts. I mean your potential life income. Because what a lot mm-hmm. of people don't think about is, I'll say you're 34. 34. Right, you're 34. Th- uh, 33. We'll call you 34. We're, we can round up. We'll round up. So you're 34. You want to retire, 65. Yeah. You walk out tomorrow, you get hit by a bus. Your family's now, a, uh, what's that, 30, 30 years worth of out your salary and income? Yes. So they don't realize that they need to plan for that. So a lot of people come in and say, I just need a couple hundred thousand dollars. And then you show them what their actual life value is until retirement. So what is, like hypothetically, let's say I make X, I pass 30 years. Should you have that amount accumulated in 30 years, buffer on top of that? Yeah. For the most, so like I, I have life insurance I did the math because it doesn't go to me. It goes to my family. Yep. So I have enough life insurance that if something were to happen to me, it would get my wife to the point that we would basically be able to tap into any retirements we have. I don't know if that's good or bad. I bridged it up to the point that... To when you'd retire. To when we could tap into all of our retirement accounts. So at like 59 and a half? Whatever it ended up being, yeah. That's, that's, that's when you're supposed to do it. So I, I have it to the point where we could, once that like faucet gets turned off, mm-hmm. then the all the IRAs and all that stuff start kicking in. That's when you're supposed to have okay. it till. Okay. Then. That, that is the correct way. Okay. Because people feel think, better about yourself. No, you're, people think it's short crazy. terms. They're like, no, I just want enough to cover my house. And so, uh, you know, my wife can pay off the house and the car. What's that buy you? Yeah. No, I. Maybe 20 years. Maybe, yeah, but that only rip that only covers. Uh, let's say, what's the average mortgage? Twelve hundred bucks, thirteen hundred bucks. Oh, I'd say it's higher than that. Oh, is it? Maybe I got lucky because I I have a stupidly low interest rate. So, <laughs> oh, and you put down eighty percent, Chris. And you have a, no, whoa, just whoa, whoa. The, uh, <laughs> um, no, I don't. No, I would. I think that's low. Personally, I'm guessing it's low. Okay, maybe it's right. I don't know. I don't know. But if you think about it, so if somebody's just taking okay, that little bit of monthly income, that that's all that you're replacing, that one monthly payment is should be what half of what somebody should be bringing in. What's your your mortgage? So your mortgage is only a one time. I think your I think the uh, rule of thumb is you don't want it to be more than a third. Okay, so but that's I still, mean when I say more than a third, that is like good financial advice. Right, like, who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's probably fifty <laughs> percent. You might be spotted. Actually, you're pretty damn close there. Would you say twelve hundred? Yeah, yeah. Peak for thirty five to forty four. All right, so you got God, 12, that seems low, but so you got twelve hundred one payment a month. Mm-hmm. So if I'm thinking about it, somebody should be bringing in around twenty four hundred a month. Mm-hmm. So you're still missing another twelve. If you're going under the theory of just oh, I just want to pay off my house. You know what I'm wondering with this. You know why it seems low? Is I wonder if this is just your principal and interest. Oh, maybe. Okay. Maybe that's why. So, yeah. So, that sounds about right then. 1200 right. Yeah. Okay. So, but when you get into the math, it's in, in, like like you have said that you did it in, up until the point when you would retire. That's exactly when you should be doing it. So, you're looking at somebody who's in their mid-30s starting to look at a policy, their life human value. We have this really fun calculator that you type in your age, your retirement age, what you make, yeah, and then all that other stuff, and then it spits out what you are worth. 
The uh, let me see if I did. Have you ever done this before? Totally kind of going separate. If you, no, um, I forgot. So let, let's say okay. So this is so someone showed me this one time, and I think the average. Let me see. What's the average lifespan? Male or female? They're different. I know, I know. Males, I think, are 86, 87. Females are in their 90s. Is it that high now? Yeah. I thought it was less than that. That you, you, I agree with you, though. U.S. male versus female. It's just random. It's not really um, a versus USA Today. That seems like a very logical. I'm just... 81.76. Oh, we we use way bigger numbers than that. Is it better than that? It could be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what... what, I think males are in their mid-80s. And females almost touch 90. Okay. So if you take mid-80, this is the equation that I'm going with. If you take mid-80, someone said subtract your age from that number. So hypothetically, like, let's say, let, easy math. Both, let's say we're both at 50. So then you take 50, and I think it goes down to like 50 years you have left. I know this is depressing, folks, so stick with me here. But you have 50 years basically on average left in your lifetime. So then you start saying like, okay, and and – like hypothetically your thirties are different than your forties, which are different than your seventies. Like you just have a different level of, or life, you yep. know, enjoyment, I should say. So I, and I forgot what the another tweak was on that, but I think it was basically like your, uh, I don't want to call it the useful age, but it's for all intents and purposes, it is like your main part, your age or enjoyment level or whatever. Cause if you're saying like, I would say as soon as you hit, you know, those upper stages, let's say 70s and 80s, you're typically in a different stage of life and you're kind of, you know. Correct. So really it's like if you're at 30, you could say like double our age, we're probably starting to hit a little bit of a decline. You're still going to have fun. I mean, I'm still going to be, trust me, like oh, yeah. be immature. But I, I think whatever the, the uh, I'm to- I wish I could look it up. I don't know exactly what it was called. But if you subtract like the average lifespan from what you are alive now, and I think it might, maybe it was the working lifespan or something, and you realize that most of us have, hopefully aren't working till we're dead. So then you look at 30-something years, maybe it's 20 years, or if you're someone in your 40s doing it, you might be like, shit, I got like 15 years left. So really the idea behind it was like kind of like a kick in the pants type thing. Or like you said, if you're, I've always wanted to do something and just haven't taken that leap of faith yet, then it's like, well, time's ticking. And then you'd be like, shit, I didn't want to work in that job for 30-something years. Right. So I think what... Like you jumping around, I think is cool because obviously you're finding opportunities that interest you or you're moving away from something that you tried and like, you know what? That didn't fulfill me in some reason. Now I'm going into something different. Um, so to me, it's like you're getting – it's like getting reps in anything. The more you do, the better you get equipped. But if you're like trying all these different industries, it's kind of like playing multiple sports versus like I'm only going to play basketball. Right. Like that's the only sport. I'm looking to play basketball. You can't, you, you know, there's a lot of athletic movements you can't do. You can't throw, you probably can't kick, you know, all those things. Um, so then it's like you trying all these different fields. I would say you've broadened your scope of knowledge. And then you've also been able to, I think, have different insights into stuff where you can draw similarities and differences and kind of like what's important, what's not important. Is that, I think that's true? Oh, yeah, 100%. So, like just because of the contrast. Oh, of some yeah. Of the things. So I get to bring pieces from every job that I've ever worked at mm-hmm. and I get to bring it all to what I'm doing today. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I still draw on from when I was <clears throat> working on databases to today. It's how to organize people, how to structure my day. 
we know it's funny when you said the QR code, the scanning of the QR code. So like I look in like our line of work. So it's, it's, you know, real estate, been doing it for a long time. So like my, but my mind at times is so in the weeds of real estate because I like, you know, you go layers deep from the basic knowledge and you start going into deeper, deeper knowledge. And sometimes you just have to come back up to the surface and be like, I need to just look at stuff either broadly or basic or simplistic. And like the QR code, you said it to me and like my mind instantly went to a couple of things in our business. I'm like, I wonder if, if that, and it's not QR code, what you think, but like, like, uh, advertising or marketing, but like tracking stuff in the business, just via QR code. If we put a system in that we always tracked it, cause I'm getting bigger on systems now. And, uh, but that had enough, that really has nothing to do with anything. You're like, I use this for, you know, you know, tracking and, and data and whatever you called it, management of, uh, all the material and stuff. But then I could take a, I could take that and parallel into my industry, even though it's not something that we see in our industry. Right. So that's where I'm trying to draw, and I'm trying to experience more ideas from people that are in all different scopes, and trying to pull out stuff. I'm like, I think I could apply that to what I do, even though it's outside the box for my industry, even though it might be, you know, common knowledge in another industry. Right. Do you have a lot of those thoughts? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, bring stuff in all the time, and it's nice. It's nice when they they parallel, especially well, if you nice find when something they work. <laughs> but, but like if you know something really well, and you're like, I could easily apply this to new position, new job, new industry. Yep. And all of a sudden, you're like, it's drastically better. And then let's say Chris. So how long has Chris been doing this? Oh, I think he's on like 30, 20, 30 years. Twenty five, twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, he's up there. So, um, so if you look at Chris being in an industry like that, like I would say Chris has grown up with. He knows a lot. Yep. But then you also get stuck in this box of like, this is the way we've always done it, which is something that I'm always trying to combat of like, why? And I'm trying to question more things like, why do we do it that way? Like, is it legally we have to do it that yep. way? Is it something where we just, it's because it's always been done. So then I want to always audit it and say like, can we do this better? Or can we hack something from another system, industry, whatever, and, you know, whatever, bring that in and change the system where sometimes people that have been in it a long time are just so wired in a way that it's like it's, it clouds the thinking in certain areas just because we've always taken it for, right. you know, that's the way we've done it. So I don't know if that's, and again, maybe that doesn't happen to Chris, but I feel like most people that have been in for a long time, like I, I struggle with that all the time. I'm almost like retraining my brain to think like, nope, just because you've done that doesn't mean it has to. So stop like, and then really strip down that initial system thought practice whatever it is down to the basic components and be like is that like and one is it is it legal or illegal and it's like well, there's no law sure. for it or against it and then i start questioning of like this could be better minus the social pressure of everybody else being like well no we do it this way i'm like no you know like we yeah but you don't have to right and then you're trying to like teach old dog new tricks kind of thing yeah so it's it's, it's tricky but yeah. take a break take a break yeah yeah i mean i usually just roll and talk we could you a bathroom yeah okay is that cool uh, you can do whatever you want well, my eyeballs are floating, so... Yeah, go to the bathroom. <laughs> He's looking at me like, you're just talking numbers now. I don't want to talk. I, 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 I'm just going to keep talking. I was going to pause, but we'll just talk about Chris Way's gun. So, um, so what I was thinking, I'm going to try to find this life... Expe- I don't think it's average something. And again, I bear with me, folks. If, if you haven't already turned this podcast off, um, lifespan, average, I think it's like working life. Whatever it is. The whole point behind it is like most people, if you really calculate it and look down, 
Um, and I think it's not necessarily like your average age expectancy minus your current age. You might take, let's say, 65 or whatever. So if I'm turning 34, I could say on average, if I wanted to work to 65, I would have or need to work till 65. I have 30 years to do whatever interests me. Now, you could say, like, I'm listening to this and I'm 52. Okay, then you have 13 years. So if you're like 13 years, I'm going to just kind of coast and, and stay in the job because it's comfortable and I don't want to – you know, ruffle any feathers, or I don't want to work hard or work harder to try to learn something, then then don't stick it out. Um, but there's some people that I think always in the back of the mind saying like, I would like to do X. Like I've always wanted to do that. Now, obviously there's life things that happen. Uh, obviously, you know, we talked about having kids like that changes the dynamic. I'm way different now at 33, 34 with three kids than I was at 23 or different than I was just a year or two before having kids. Um, the other thing too, is your your, uh, I want to say ambitions change. My ambitions haven't changed, but I've had to put a pause and reevaluate what's important. And I think, um, you know, I think anybody that's had kids is, you know, hopefully have done this and not just like run themselves to the ground or ruin family life. But uh, my thing is like a lot of the goals I have from a business perspective will happen or can happen in time. But if I have to take a pause for, you know, 10 years and really enjoy raising my kids when they're young and they still want to see me, which you know, I know teenage lives are coming around, is that you want to try, in my opinion, to do what you can when the kids are young. So Chris, what I was talking about, Chris is back, folks, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I had a like, clap track. Thank you, thank you. Um, so the, imagine if you just got clapped for like basic functions in life. You're like... Absolutely. The, the other day, my, my son, um, he peed the bed at, late at night. He's 10. I'm just kidding. He's only three. So um, he's two and a half, actually. So he ends up peeing the bed. So I take him out. I wipe him up. So this is middle of the night. So I'm swapping the blankets. I'm, sure. do, I'm doing the whole thing. So as I'm doing it and I put the sheet on, I put it on the bed, I look over and he's sitting there wide awake with his blanket and he's like applauding me. <laughs> and I was like, I felt <laughs> as funny as it sounded. I was like, buddy, this actually is, thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> he's like so excited that I was like making his bed. And I think it was just like, my bed's not full of pee anymore. Thank you. But yeah, yeah. Um, so what I was saying, I was rambling on about, I was talking about the useful life. I couldn't figure out the term. Okay. But what I was saying is that most people, like I'm, I would say I have 30 something years to, let's say 65, we're just gonna use that as a number. Like, let's say you're listening to this and you're in your early 50s, cause you say, well, I have like 12 or 13 years left. So then you look at like, are you doing what you wanna do in those time periods? And I think everybody naturally, if you were to say like, what do you wanna do? Uh, you could say like, I wanna be a professional athlete. Like for most of us, that's probably not realistic, which is fine, it could be, work hard and make the senior whatever group. Um, but ultimately, like some people that don't like what they're doing, I think either find something in the career that you're doing that you enjoy doing so it then be, not becomes drudgery or try to pivot and change direction. The pivoting change direction is tough because two things, you said kids, like that adds, and I was saying about season of like, we. what's, what's your t two kids age, ages? Seven and two. So yeah, we're in the same boat. So like, I look at like Christmas is coming up. My kids are pumped for Christmas. So we're doing a lot of stuff with the kids for Christmas. We're doing the weekend stuff, the evening stuff, the, you know, just everything right now because they still get excited to see me when I come home. They still get excited to tell me stuff. Like yep. I know that those years in my life are super numb. Are, are, uh, like I said, my youngest is almost three. I have even 10 years of him would be, it's not going to happen. He's going to be 13. So like I probably have him alone f six, seven years tops before he's like, eh, I don't really want to talk to you. Now my oldest ones are even further away. So if I say like I have like seven years where 
I was saying like ambitions don't change. You still want to be high achieving, but I've lowered my expectation knowing that my input to hit those goals is going to be less, which is, so I'm saying like my season of where I'm at is I would rather take a career hit, but not miss the family moments. And then when that turns, which it will, or they're still, you know, they're, they'll be hanging out at home, but not wanting to talk to me or right. I come through the door and they're not running up being like, dad, I want to show you what I did at school. They're going to be like, eh, day was fine. Like, well, I mean, it's just, it's realistic. So that, like at that point, then I'll push on the gas more on a professional side, knowing that I don't have, I'm not as needed. I say it's needed, bad word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so then tweaking that. So I was kind of tying that into the working span of like, I have 30 years. So if I sacrifice 10 years, for the whole young kid thing. And I'm not saying like sit on the couch and do nothing. Right. But I'm saying like, I'm not giving my hundred per I'm giving a hundred percent. It's just spread thin between multiple responsibilities. So when I can put more into the career basket, probably when I'm in my late thirties to early forties, I hopefully, hopefully depending what I have interest in doing and I like it can still put in almost a full career post young kids that I can execute at a high level and really enjoy it. So I'm saying it's like balancing it. Oh yeah, but I'm saying that like the the ab, that age exercise. I know this sucks, people, because I don't have it and I can't figure it out. So I'm just paraphrasing, and I'm terrible at that paraphrasing. Um, but I think it just puts it puts it in perspective, like how much time you have left that are that is useful time left. Right. If you're gonna live to like 88. Well, like I would say 80 to 88 may not be like the most useful time. So they're saying if you really strip it down, how many quality? Maybe that's what's called quality years. How many quality years do you have left? And I would say for most people, you're probably pushing into your 60s, 70s, depending on health. Right. But the quality is different at 70 than it is at 30. Right. Oh, yeah. 100%. So hopefully people understood that ramble. Chris is you. like, Chris feels better though. He went to the I got you. Let's, let's talk about something else. Want to talk about golf? Well, here, I wanted to, to okay. tell you. So you were talking about the way it always is. Yes. I have the best story. Okay. So when I was working for the state... Um, there was this report that always got filed. And when it was filed, the right-hand corner was always folded in on every piece of paper, regardless of it being stapled. Okay. And it had been that way. And that's the one phrase that I can't stand to hear. And this is what drives me off the end, uh, the deep end. Because when I asked that question, they're like, well, that's the way it's always been. I said, have you guys ever wondered why? And most people go, no. Well, in doing so, in asking a couple of people, it turned out that the person who used to file these reports broke their right hand one time. And the only way that she could get a hold of the papers is by folding them in the right corner so she should get it with her fingertips. But for the normal, both hands working, it makes zero made sense. no difference. And it just drives me up a wall. Just because it... I understand we're not reinventing the wheel every time, but there could be a better and more efficient way of doing something. Like, look at this. Mark Cuban. In this, yeah, I just I just Googled this. So, of course, shout out to Google. Uh, wherever I see people doing something the way it's always been done, the way it's supposed to be done, following the same old trends, well, that's just a big red flag to me and go look somewhere else. This other dude, Sidney Harris... A loser says that's the way it's always been done. A winner says there ought to be a better way. And then this article on Medium, which is the title of the thing, um, the most dangerous phrase in the language is we've always done it this way, which I would agree. Like I think I it's just, it. I think it's lazy too. 
because you're not you're not ever trying to innovate, expand, or whatever. Right. Do they, they have a paywall behind Medium now? Oh, maybe not. Okay, um, because that's how we've always done it. Okay, so yeah, it's just an old school mentality thinking of well, we've always done it that way. So why why change anything? And then that's usually where everything stalls out. When I when I, I say this all the time to my wife, I'm like, if I act like that when I'm older, just like punch me in the face. You know when you bitch about stuff right now? Like I'd say like I hate when people say that. I've said if I ever become like 50, 60, 70 years old and I'm like, it's just the way we've always done it. I'm like, just punch me in the face because sure. I've just lost it. I've like lost my edge. I don't care. Just quit. Done. Retire. It's like playing like like you see like athletes. Like if I'm not competitive anymore, I'm going to retire. I'm like, that's me not being competitive. Like if I just stop saying that, like just – done i hope this replays at some point just be like this, this what i said then still applies like and if not 33 34 year old myself was smarter than later well we're always smarter than we are later well we know more now don't you remember that as a kid with our parents we always knew more than them well this is the thing like if you who is smarter wait i'm, I'm just gonna give you an example if you are older I'm going to say 60-year-old Chris. If 60-year-old Chris has more knowledge but doesn't act on the knowledge, are you smarter or worse off than you were when you were younger where you might not have the knowledge as much but you were doing more so therefore you – like most people learn more by doing. Um, Like you – same thing. Like I could read code. Like I could watch video and I could learn and I could read how to code. If I never sat down and actually went through the motions of coding – I would be better off not spending as much time learning and just like cr- learn a little bit, but just crash course it and then kind of get an understanding because then I have more context. So I think that if you have a knowledge base right now, like you at 36, but you're applying what you know, but let's say at 66, you might have more knowledge of whatever. Um, but if you're not applying that knowledge to something, does that mean you're smarter? If, if, if applying it made sense, like if you're like, I know what to avoid, that's totally different. Yeah, I mean, because it's like a different knowledge base, but it's like if you know, I guess the idea is like if you know a lot of stuff, but don't ever apply it to anything, is it really useful to know all that stuff? No. So then it's like, then you would argue like, you know, a lot more trivial knowledge, but it's not being applied or practically put into place to help someone else learn or to expand. Like if you knew a lot and you're like, I'm going to consult a bunch of young entry level financial advisors and you're really good at that because you've had years of experience and can shorten their learning curve then you're applying what you know in a good way if you're just like i'm just sitting there and i'm like i know the best way my way or the highway kind of thing but things are evolving and you never constantly get to learn even though you're older you might actually know less applied to that year than someone who's 30 who's like i'm staying up with what's happening because that's what i think about a lot is if I know a lot now and then when I'm 60, I just shut it off. I'm not going to learn again. Someone at 25 or 30 is going to pass me. Oh, yeah. Even though I have a lot of built up maybe general themes, I'm the tactical stuff or to apply it in the context of where the world would be at 30 years from now, I don't think I would have to say like I'm not as smart as when I was 30 in that context of like, being relevant to the current life situation but do you really want to be relevant at 60 yeah i would for what 
that's when you get to shut off, man. That's when you I, get I to know, kick but, back. But this is this is my thing. Like I, I think like one of my I say one like. I heard this recently and I liked it because it simplified stuff. And this guy's way smarter than me. So Charlie Munger died. Um, Char- you know Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett. So Charlie Munger was business partner basically with Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway, passed away at 99. Like still did their shareholders meeting this year. Like they both still okay. are running Berkshire Hathaway. He was 99, like worked up until he was dead. But like love doing it. Same thing with, with Warren Buffett. He's still the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway. He's 94, 95. So one of the things they asked Charlie Munger was like, what is, um, like, give us a quick phrase of something that you would want to be known for. And I loved it because he goes, I, I try to be useful. And the idea behind it is if I go till I'm old, I get, I like challenging myself and I like learning. So my thing, kind of what I was saying before, I accomplished a goal that I, I set a 10-year goal. I accomplished my 10-year goal. I finished the 10-year goal, and I was like, very cool. Like, it's a cool, like, statistic that I can look at and say, like, I did it, at, you know, in life. But then I was sitting there, and I'm like, it didn't come with, like, a parade. It didn't come with, like, fanfare. It didn't come with anything. So, and then I was like, okay, well, I guess tomorrow's January 1st, and... I can keep building off of it, but like I kind of lost its luster. Like I hit it and I was like, ah, whatever. So then I was like, I got to try something different. So my different was a whole evolution of what I wanted it to do. And so to me, it was more challenging where I could, like I said, I could have shut my mind off and just said, I'm just going to coast and ride this wave. Cause I like, I hit a pretty big level of success that in my opinion would have been probably a spot that a lot of people wouldn't have gotten to. And I did it at a pretty young age, but I was like, I am bored. I'll get out. If that, if, cause I actually stopped and was like, it's weird. Um, but I was like, if I had to do this for 30 more years, I would hate my life. So then I just remember saying that and it was like, it was a good position to be in for that ambition in that time period. But then I was like, once I hit it, it lost that. And then I was like, if this is all I can do for 30 more years, like I am going to feel like I wasted my life in my opinion. So then I was like, what's the next challenging thing? Cause I like, I don't know. I like learning, but I like, I like challenging myself. So to me, like it's way more comfortable just to stop. Cause I'm like the last two years has sucked, like in a lot of regards, but, uh, but not when I say suck, but I say like suck in the workload I've had to do. Sure. Um, and it's one of those things like I've worked harder in the last two years and it probably, I probably won't show anything for it. I haven't shown anything for it for two years. People are like, where, where have you been? Like, I haven't seen you. I'm like, uh, been like sitting in a room by myself, like working like it, but, but in order to go where I want to go, that's what I had to do. But it was also, I know my, I would think myself if I decide to do that in 10 more years when I'm in my early forties, you'd be like, well, Galen, you're, you could just kind of like ride this out. I'm like, I know, but I'm gonna be bored. Cause I feel like I still have it in me. And at a certain point, I might just be like, you know what, I'm done. I'm just like, I want to play golf every day and not do anything. But I think for right now, if I, because you got to do, like, I think whatever makes you happy. Like, my thing is, like, challenging myself mentally makes me happy, even though it's tiring. I get I get enjoyment out of, like, learning and getting better and kind of, like, figuring out problems. And I, when I was a kid, I loved, like, puzzles and problems and logic stuff. And it just it was really cool to me. And, and I would just do it. I was like a nerdy kid. Like I wasn't like watching TV. Like I'd rather just sit there with like a piece of paper and just figure out some logic puzzle out of a book just because it was challenging and like mentally stimulating. So I do the same thing. So I'm hoping at like 70, 
And maybe it might be different. It might just be a hobby. It might be like, I really want to learn how to woodwork. And sure. I just spend all my time learning woodworking. But I don't think I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm just going to you know, see me down like at the diner drinking coffee and just like chilling and then like watching TV and then like right. rinse, repeat the next day. So, but for me, I would want to have some type of knowledge that was useful. And it could just be to me too. I mean, it could be knowledge of like, let's say a hobby and I learned the knowledge for the hobby, but that brought me joy and it stimulated my mental capacity or learning then i would say like that's a really in my opinion would be a cool thing but not everybody's like that like i I, and i totally get it but that's like my thing so like if it's like the way it's always been done i feel like i'm still going to be trying to crack that code in its own way depending on what i'm working with right and a woodworking might be different maybe i'm not gonna be like why do we you know join the boards this way or playing them this way or do something like that's probably like that's the way we do it like that's the way to do it but I would still, in my opinion, try to always find more efficient ways or quicker ways or, or just better quality ways to do stuff. Yeah, I can understand that. Or just get better at a skill, even if it's just a skill set. Right. Okay. But it would be like trying to get better, even though yeah. it might not. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is looking at me like I have 10 heads. No, not this at all. This one goes on my brain a lot, which is weird. But but that's a good uh, – it's, it's something good to have too. I mean, you always want to be challenging it, yourself. It, it, it – yes. Um, okay, Chris, before we – wrap up here we're talking about golf speaking of challenging yourself so i i know i went well actually let's i talk a lot about golf here we're still going to talk about golf but talk to me about video games first so is, is that just a hobby or is this something you've like coded it you no, put video games and blacksmithing so the video games is a current hobby okay okay so um we grew up computers okay right always been into video games played them my whole life um carried on through Oh, I mean, through everything. That's how you make friends. You, uh, what's the what's that famous line? The the, the Nintendo. Uh, it was the ad like you could play with your friends. Mortal Kombat. Play with your friends in Vietnam. Like that was a line. Oh, I think uh, it's I'm, even before I'm, me. I'm pretty sure that. Oh jeez, spell Nintendo. Nintendo. Nin. Maybe it wasn't Nintendo. Nintendo. It was just Mortal Kombat. Combat. What was it called? Quote. Yeah. Like, uh, well, this, this, it's not in the game. Yeah, I remember him. it was like, uh, it was like an advertisement. It was like a, maybe it wasn't even an ad. It was just from a stupid movie. But it, basically, I've made friends all around. Like, mm-hmm. I've made friends from the West Coast. I, I have a lot of friends right now that are in Canada. What kind of games are you talking about? It's a little bit of everything. Okay. It's a little bit of first person shooters, okay. building games, survival games, strategy games. On video games, yeah. What's a what's a video game building game? Building and strategy. When you said that, those are the two that like piqued my interest. So I hate shooting games. Like I just I'm not. I never played Halo. I thought Halo was dumb. People love it. <laughs> I just thought it was dumb. So like right now, uh, that um, well, I've moved from console, which would be like an Xbox or a PlayStation. Yep. That I just now play on computer. Okay, and that's more popular now. It is with the kids. Well, it's, it's with, with the kids. With the kids. <laughs> I mean, we always play the consoles. Like nobody had a. Com- Did you ever play on a computer when you were a kid? Well, yeah, because there wasn't consoles that allowed you to connect yet. Nintendo or Super Nintendo, you couldn't play online. No, no, but I'm saying, like, when you grew up playing, you, I mean, we didn't have online. Like, the first time I remember online was, like, Xbox Live. I'm not that much older than you. No, I know, but I'm saying, you're talking about Xbox Live, right? No, see, I played on computer games online. What year was those? Uh, when was World of Warcraft? Not the giant MMO stuff that everyone plays now, but we're talking about... Um, Original? Yeah. Um, 
What was it on? PC? Yeah. So that so what you're seeing there, that is the actual what they call World of Warcraft. This one. Yeah. But okay. there was something that predated this that was actually uh, put in um, before MMO. No, the what you have there. And before MMO. MMO? What's Which MMO? is a massive multiplayer online. Okay. Yeah, see, it doesn't come up. But basically what this was is what where Warcraft came from. Okay. All right. Um, what you would do is you would... It was pure strategy. All right. You know, actually, you know what you could put in? Put in StarCraft. StarCraft is one of the originals also. So just StarCraft? Yeah. Game series? Okay. So this is still massively popular today in J- Japan, China. They still have massive tournaments with this. So StarCraft is on what? PC. PC, okay. Yep. They did come out with a console version. It was absolutely horrible. Basically, you build a base, and then you fight each other with your characters that you create. But you have to you have to understand defenses. There are better, worse characters. You know, you have frontline, ranged, and you have to understand the mechanics of all of the all of the people to be able to actually make good use of them. So when you're playing, you're just playing other random people. Mm-hmm. So if something gets blown up, do you lose it forever or just that game? That game. Okay. Yeah, it's each each game is its own instance. Okay. So you so, basically get to hit the reset button. Yeah. But we're talking each match can hold up to 16 people. So you have eight on eight. Are these considered video games? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if they had like a different name. Most popular video games right now. Well, that's going to be... They're still making Grand Theft Autos? Oh, man. Six just got announced. Wait, six? That's all they're up to? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes them years. When did five come out? Well, I just want to look at the the original Grand Theft Auto. When did the original one come out? Oh, we got to be talking 30 years ago. So they've only made six of those? Yeah. I thought they were like coming out every year. No. Oh, I did not know this. Oh, wow. No. 1997. There you go. Oh, then they went like Vice City, San Andreas. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they haven't made one in 12 years. Yep. It's not even out yet. It's in two years. Yeah, it's still not coming out until 2025. They just announced it. What? With a, with a trailer. So is that like exciting? Uh, for a lot of people. I don't I don't play GTA. I never really got into it. 1997. Yeah. Wow, look at that Dreamcast. You want to know the best part about that? The, the, the trailer for it? Somebody took the trailer and put it up against... Have you ever heard of Florida Man? No. Oh, you've never heard of Florida Man? No. I live under a rock, man. Oh, Flor- my God. Shit. So the, the best way to, for you to get this introduced... Is series? Hang on. The best way for you to get introduced, type in your birthday with the year and then type in Florida Man. Or Wait, Florida. So my actual birth date? Yep. <laughs> of course, it comes up Florida Man. Yeah. So wow, due December 25th, Florida Man. Or what? This is a thing. Yeah. So the best part is, is there's always something happening in Florida that's just absolutely insane. And so people will take their birthdays and see what happened on your birthday down in Florida. What's your top hit there? 
Uh, Florida man arrested after package reportedly containing <laughs> I, containing drugs is delivered to neighbor. That's actually the, the, the third one down, fifth one down. Florida man shoots ex-girlfriend 15 times after she was a what? After she didn't text him back. I mean. <laughs> so the so Florida man is basically, we all know that Florida is just absolute just chaos. Actually, number two, Florida man with drugs around penis denies they were his. <laughs> so that's the thing. Yes, this is the thing. <laughs> when I did mine, it was Florida man arrested for beating other person with Bible. Florida man arrested for tossing golf clubs into highway. <laughs> Florida man busted for handing out pot because it was... It was Christmas. <laughs> I'm so glad that I get to introduce you to I've Florida. I've heard man. about this. How long has this been going on? Uh, it came around right after the people of Walmart left. Time traveling Florida man crashes into building. Oh my god! And see, here's now a new uh, rabbit hole for you just to go down when you're just bored and want to see the I chaos. I thought there was a legit world. Florida man. So Florida man, if you just type in Florida man, it just brings up. You get all the crazy stuff that's just happening in Florida. And it has been expanded recently to Florida woman. You can get both. Wow. Florida man dot, 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 followed by the main event of the story. So that's just a thing. Like Florida yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Florida's just outrageously crazy. Absolutely. I mean, it's Florida. Like New York man probably doesn't carry as much weight. No, no, not at all. They're they're actually a first little one. Bit... New York man pictures, images, and stock photos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of stabbings, but yeah, they're not as fun. No, I mean they're not as bizarre. No, no they, that that's what I think got him the name of what what got the name of Florida man. <laughs> I mean, look at Florida man allegedly put eye drops in nephew's meatball sandwich. So he <laughs> dot dot dot. Okay, don't you just want to click on it? <laughs> Drunk Florida man drops his pants and yells, where's my weapon? While exposing <laughs> self to deputy. <laughs> oh, you get a video of it, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best part. We're going to save us all that. Oh, my God. Cues of stealing toys for tots. Donate. I've never heard. This is wild. Yeah. Florida man unaware he was shot in the head. I hate when that happens. Right? Just like, ah, got grazed. Um, So Grand Theft Auto for like, so th- right here, this was like my 97 to 2008. Like that 10 years was when I was probably into video games the most. So I remember those. I just assumed because like, look at that. They came out every two years. Sure. <clears throat> but they just haven't. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So four came out. And then what they ended up doing is they revamped it kind of to a point where Xbox and PS, uh, PlayStation were like really starting to pick up their game on graphics and stuff. Yep. So they were able to make the games bigger. And what they did is after four, five came out, and then are you are you familiar with what a mod is for a game? No. So a mod is somebody who is independent of Rockstar, who in this case is the creator of Grand Theft Auto. They mod the game and make changes to it and alter it to be something more. And okay. I just found out about these maybe about five years ago, you can go onto a server for Grand Theft Auto. You can literally be anything you want. It's almost like, do you remember that? Uh, it's it's a while ago. I think it was called like Second Life. 
Okay. So it's basically you pay to have a life as a computer generated person. You can own property, you can own cars and have your own money and all so that. So it's like metaverse stuff. Exactly. Okay. But so Grand Theft Auto did the same exact thing. So you could pay to have a virtual Chris Favreau in that game. 100%. And how does that work? So you literally go to work, you earn money. Okay. You then go back to your place, eat, sleep, drink, whatever you need to do. The next day you wake up, you go to work. So like you can pause the game and be like, I got life. And then you come back and be like, I'm just going to play this game for a couple hours. Yeah. And it just picks up wherever you left off. Uh-huh. But while you're paused and while you're not in there, there's people from all over the place still in there. So the world is still turning. Just like when you go to sleep at night. It's not like that's so like us pausing. So you show up a week later and like, sorry, I was doing life. <laughs> Came back to this. They could have like the whole, put a bunch the of new buildings up. could or, be different. Yeah. Can you just hit like go live where like you know when you're like watching a movie it's like tape delayed and like or a sporting event like go live and bring you to like the current play can you do that well it, it's whenever you log in is is live so it's not like it pauses you're the only one that stops moving everything else continues it doesn't really just stop moving it's, it's literally like real world so grand theft auto putting out a trailer now but it's not out for two years yeah it's to get the hype like if they're putting out a trailer now, it must be done. Well, no? so the, the probably the bulk of it is done, but the, the they're probably still going through so much debugging. It's not even funny. When you say debugging, like what's the what's that? So like uh, if you're walking like, down the street and you just clip through the sidewalk for some reason, and then you just fall into an infinite nothingness, which is a so this is part of coding. Super common. So yeah, they go yeah. back and fixing the code. Correct. Yeah, something wasn't properly put together. So how does coding, if you're like these graphics are really, really good, those graphics only are the way they are because of code. Mm-hmm. And whatever engine they're running. So when I say engine, there's an actual, they call it an engine, but it, it, Unity, I think, is the one that's doing, I think Unity is the big one right now. But they're the ones that take what you want it to be, and they have all the stock images and everything, and then it just digitizes it and puts it into the game. That's the extent of my knowledge with it. Hmm. Hmm. Meh. So what are these games? Like, these are games popular right now. So Grand Theft Auto yep. 5, Apex Legends. Yeah, so that is a first-person shooter battle royale game. So you've heard of all these. Yep. I've heard of Grand Theft Auto, Super Smash Bros., Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, no clue, but I love Mario Kart, the original. <laughs> Minecraft, I've heard. My son's mentioned it. I don't know what it is, though. Halo Infinite, I know Halo. And then Madden. Yeah. FIFA. I've heard of Call of Duty, and I've heard of Fortnite. That's pretty good. I got nine. Yeah. I've, only, I don't, I've never played any of these games. Well, I played the old stuff, like... Like Mario Kart 8, what is this? What's that on? Three, four. I'm trying to count how many I've played. Oh. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I've played fourteen out of that list. So they all come on PC? You can get any game on PC. 
So PC comes on, you just download like you're buying off of like Amazon Prime Video. Correct. Which, yeah. one, which one's your favorite? Out of all these? Yeah. Uh, none of them. So when you, what's your favorite one that you play? Well, it changes. It, so, it literally is like a mood. It's so, If I'm in the mood for where I don't have headphones on and I just want to be by myself, I will take the slowest building game known to man. And when I say building game, like think of SimCity where yeah. you're building a city and you're just connecting everything. There's nobody, there's no other noise. It's just, you're managing that. You don't have headphones on. You're not like super sweaty trying to do things. You're not getting shot at by. Correct. There's no urgency. Correct. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Building games? Yeah. So they would be called building video games. Have you heard of those? Yeah. I've played all of them. Except for Kenshi. I don't know what Kenshi is. Kenshi. Oh, last one? Yeah. Planet Zoo, Planet Coaster, City Skylines, Subnautica. So I'm assuming Subnautica is like in the ocean. Yep. Skylines, you're just building cities? Yeah. City Skylines is like uh, the upgraded version of SimCity. And then Planet Coaster. Is that like Roller Coaster Tycoon? Yeah. Remember that it's, game? It's the upgraded version of that. No way. And then Planet Zoo is the what? exact thing as Planet Coaster, but you build a zoo. Wait, this is wild. So, <coughs> I think I had. I feel like I had roller coaster guy. Can... So, I mean, if you were like a civil engineer, this would be like dope. Yeah. But yeah, so it's up to you to wow. put anything and everything that you want in. It's completely customizable. Do you know they have golf ones like that now? You can build golf courses. Oh, that I don't know. Oh, I'm pretty sure they do. Um, uh, what did I just type in? So, um, golf course build video game. Golftopia. I think it might be PGA Tour. I think you can course design 101. Like, you can actually build. That doesn't surprise me that if they put that in the PGA games. Which I would actually love because I. What's going on, everybody? But not significant chunk of time. This is cool. Wow. It may be helpful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's else. definitely just moving all the sliders. Yeah, and the same thing with grass. Okay, that's set to 100. No, it, it's okay. But, um, again, something wow. like to set to zero. Then I'm assuming you can just play this course after. To yeah. To that's parks, awesome. Or, sorry, not team. So, what, so video games, like, do you play live mostly against people? And, and that goes back to the whole mood thing. Like, it, it really depends if I want to be just alone or if I want to play with friends. I have a ton of people that I usually play with. And so it all depends on what we're doing that night. So you just, like, you just jump on and maybe it'll show, like, these friends are active and then you just, like... No, we'll make plans. Really? Yeah. We'll message each other. Hey, who wants to play tonight? What do you want to play? You want to do this tonight? No, nah, I'm out. Or, yeah, let's do this. And it's always on PC. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it just makes the compatibility so much easier for PC. I mean, I know a lot of people that just do Xbox or just do PlayStation. Do you do any console stuff? So a lot of the games that we play have, um, what's it called? Cross-platform. So you can okay. play with people who are on console. So the game plays the same, just different the same. buttons. Correct. 
No, that doesn't change. Like the object objective of the game stays the same. Nope. Yeah, objective stays the same. It's just the input that you're using. Huh. So, like right now, if you were saying like tonight, what would I be in the mood to play? Like what style of game? Tonight. Tonight I'm exhausted, so I'd probably end up just sitting there staring at my screen, not doing anything. <laughs> Urging it to build. <laughs> meant, meant. I, I want to do something, but my brain says no. Uh, but uh, right, lately we've been into, uh, oh, what's it called? We, we, we did one game. It's called Seven Days to Die. So okay. this is a game where... Seven the, Days to Die? Yeah, so the, the world is gone. You build a character, and it's just a zombie apocalypse. So it's like I Am Legend. Yeah. Is this it right here? Uh, yeah. And so then what you have to do is you, every seven days, a giant wave of zombies comes to attack you. So you have to build up your fortifications. Your... So this one's called Build. This is the blizzard buried in the snow. So that's like a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is it. Yeah, and then you have tools. You go out uh, scavenging for stuff and just fighting the world. Wow. All right, so that's crazy. It's like a whole new world. So this is a thing. So quick, quick golf talk. We'll talk. We got like two minutes. So the when I stopped, pl- so I played golf a lot when I was a kid. I stopped playing basically in college. Didn't pick it back up until COVID. Like really picked it back up. So like I went almost 10 years of not putting much into golf and um, love golf. But when I came back from golf, it was like a whole new world. I'm like, there's GPSs. There's people play music on the course. There's a million instructional videos on YouTube. Like this was before, like none of this stuff was around when I was playing. And it's so funny how I play golf now compared to how I used to, which is not great because it was way better back then. But I have more more at my fingertips now was way better back then. Like, like I now have like an app that shows the hole and it'll show the distance to certain things. Where back back in the day, you're just like, I don't think I can reach it with a driver. So like, or I don't think I can reach it. I might have to take an iron out. And you're just taking. You don't even know. You're just hitting a shot right. out of there. And then you go up and you're like, I see the 150 marker, so I'm probably at like 170. And you're really probably at like 174. Like it doesn't matter. But I'm saying like. Because I suck anyways. Like, that's not really going to No, you don't. But, but if you look at – but I'm saying, like, the course of 10 years, golf, when I came back to it, was, like, night and day from what – and when I say night and day, I'm not saying physically playing golf. I'm saying all the extras that sure. make the golf, you know, more convenient or, you know, if you're getting a GPS back then, like, you just didn't have access. Now it's like you pull up on an app. Like, I pay for an app every year that's just on my phone, and it's the easiest thing in the world. Right. Like, the last time I played golf, I didn't even have a cell phone. So like the completely different time frame. So that's what I'm saying. Like video games. Like I haven't played video games since high school. So like when I look at all this stuff, I've never played live. I've never played Xbox Live. I just I never. So like this stuff is all so bizarre to me that I'm like, obviously video games haven't slowed down. They've only sped up. But I've like completely removed myself from that like whole area of life that sure now you see it and you're like it's almost like coming out of like time gaps. So I'm like wow, video games like stepped up. Compared to what I, I remember as a kid. Um, so we didn't even talk about VR. Which is, so I also know um, Andy Foster came on here one time and he told me that he has a VR golf game where you can hold this little golf stick, mm-hmm. club, whatever. It's like a modified, like, sawed off golf club. And you can actually swing it 
and it replicates like you're playing golf. So it's almost like we're talking about like simulate like a golf simulator, but you're not using your own club. So I'm like, that would be wild because I played like Tiger Woods golf, which was amazing years ago. And um, like, I would think it'd be fun just to sit there and like swing in. I don't know. Do you play VR stuff? I've tried it once. Like the, the Oculus things. It's crazy. Like you got to be ready for it. Like it's cool. Oh yeah. I think it'd be just weird. <laughs> I just think we like. I'm not, not. Trust me, I'm not against it. I just like. Tip for me to go from like. Xbox is probably the last one I played, to like what VR stuff now. I'd be like mind blown. Like just graphics and like what's involved. Oh yeah. We pull up those old games. Like remember Zelda. Mm-hmm. Like you pull up like an old Zelda game. They played in '64. Like uh, was it? Uh, I mean, if you're going with '64, you might as well just say 007. I golden eye. <laughs> Okay. That's the only one that mattered. Exactly. Um, what's it called? The o- Ocarina, Ocarina of Time, whatever, however you pronounce that. Ocarina, Ocarina. I had this game, and I was like, "This is a really cool game." And then you start seeing the graphics, and like, these graphics suck <laughs> compared to what you normally see. Like, right. But right. at the time, I was like, "This is a Zelda's a dope game." And all I ever really took away from those is, "Hey, listen." <laughs> Uh, was it Link? Link was his name? Link's yeah, Link? you're, you're Link. Because Zelda is the princess. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I, I don't think I actually finished the game. I wasn't good. I, like I said, first-person games I was really bad at. Yeah. It, I had fun. I galloped on a horse. I remember we went like... Like a little shitty those graphics are. Oh, but give me those in like 1999. Like those are dope graphics. Okay. Like, look at those. But you talk about that. But there are developers who are making games that look just like that now. Like this. Yeah. Because they want the nostalgia. Not only that, it takes half the time to put a game out. Really? So, like, one that, that that's that's taking... It took the internet by storm. It was called uh, BattleBit. Uh, I think it's called BattleBit. So, basically, take, like, Minecraft, okay, characters that are the blocks and the boxes. Okay. Okay. And then put them into a... Is this it? Yeah. So, as you look here, look at how everything is just... Awful. That, that's the graphics. But this game has been, it's starting to get like awards for the best. Um, and I don't even know how they tell, but the best way that firearms handle with bullet drop and spray patterns or handling of them. What is the most, uh, what's the word? What is the, the best graphical game? Best graphical game? Oh, I'd, I'm interested to see what they put up here. I can see Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption. That's this is too real. That's definitely up there. What is that, are you talking about right here? Uh, one of them is going to be that's in here is Battlefield Red Dead. Five. Battlefield Five's decent. Yeah. Oh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Ooh, that's definitely a good one. I've played this. I have a joystick and a throttle controller. I have, just fl- I have flown over Plattsburgh. I have found my house. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can fly a little plane around. You can launch from Albany, fly up, because the game was made before the uh, airport was here. That's so they didn't pretty have trippy. Yet. So, yeah, so you can come up and you can fly. Star Citizen? 
Um, this is a controversial game because it is never fully released, and it started off with a, um, what do they call them, the donations, the uh, Kickstarter. It has, uh, so it, has that cash. it has received millions of dollars. It never came out. And it has never yet to come out. Look at this one. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption. That's pretty good graphics. It's a gorgeous game. Wow. You're basically a cowboy. So that's kind of like uh, like Yellowstone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Metro what? Exodus? Exodus? I don't know this one. That's pretty good, too. But you got to take it for what it's worth too. Um, like, okay, Cyberpunk '77. It's a gorgeous game, but none of this exists today because you, it's it's meant to be like way in the future. We're not even humans anymore. We're like half bionic. Wow. And this this looks pretty real too. That's pretty good. The way the car was going. Oh yeah. Oh, well, they this, say Star Wars is in there. Is this Star Wars? Yeah, Battlefront. Oh, so my son like he's like likes the ca- like some characters, but he doesn't know the character. I never really watched Star Wars, so I'm not. Oh, okay, it's, it's not. I don't really understand all the stuff. Um, <laughs> um, so here's your VR Half Life. Oh, this is yeah. Yeah, really, anything that I think that if you see that if like the your hands pop up with nothing behind it, that's that's usually considered VR. That's how they. Know. So you said Red Dead. Redemption. Yep, that's the game. Yeah, that that, that game is beautiful. But you, do you have so when you buy games, do you buy just games, or can you buy like I'm now subscribed to this whole catalog of thousands of games? No, you can only get the one at a time. So you just get it and then yeah. It, I mean, like some places have passes, is what they call them. Like Xbox has a pass. Um, so it's you like can a subscription service, exactly. It's like Apple Music, kind of right. But, any, yeah. but you don't get everything. You only get games that they deem. To put on that list. Anything else you still have to buy. Like, look at this guy. He looks real. Right here. Look at this dude. Turns around. Look at a movie right here. Well, you know who that is, right? No. That's from Destiny. That's, um, he just passed away. Really? Um, he voiced his, uh, yeah, yeah. He was in the uh, John Wick movies. Oh, I don't know. Wow. Hmm. Y- if you think that's trippy, see how they make those games. Is that the one where they put all, like, the little beads on them? Well, I mean, they do it for uh, for sports games. Mm-hmm. Like the golfers will go in and swing with all the little like balls on it, so it kind of tracks where the movements are. Yep. Um, no, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just funny. Like I look at that, I'm like, this is just like I just remember like golf, FIFA, Rock Band. Like those were that was like that generation was the last time I played. Rock Band's still around, by the way. Is it? Oh yeah. No, I'm talking like. The original like Guitar Hero rock band. Oh yeah, yeah. People people master that stuff now. What is it called now? Rock band. Uh, Guitar Hero, really is what it's. That's, they, that's the original. Was that yeah. still the original? Yeah. Like rock band rivals launch. Wow. Can I get some gameplay? <laughs> You're looking at it. That's that's a real person. Yeah, but this isn't like I want to see like the the, the uh, this. I want to see that stuff. Yeah, but if you just watched that video and it, it had not, didn't even show that. Well, that's the end of it. They don't want to give away everything. So, Rock Band Four is Rock Band Four new? I have no idea. I don't follow any. Uh, of these. So I mean, it's the same. It looks a little crisper, but the gameplay is the same. Well, I mean, how much are you going to change it? Yeah, I don't think you can. 
I, I wasn't good at this game. Man, this I bet is, you were dope at the at the vocals. I just was like, tap. <laughs> Have you ever seen the guy that does the, the uh, tequila song at um, for karaoke? No. Okay. Last thing I'm going to show us, and we're going to walk. We're going to walk out of here. Care, how do you spell karaoke? Tequila. You've never seen this. this is, you're going to love this. You introduced me to Florida man. I'll introduce you to tequila karaoke man. <laughs> um. This has got to be it. Nope, nope, nope. Right here. Well, that's not the original one. I think it's the same. I know we can do this better. I know we can do this better. Whatever, we'll do the tequila guy. Oh, wait, this is it. Right here, this is the original. It's karaoke right here. So if anybody's heard of this song, I always think of the Sandlot. This comes on with on the Twirly Whirl thing. Yep, all... yep, yep. I don't know if people can hear this, but. Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> so the song has three words in it. They say tequila three times. So he gets up and sings <laughs> It says karaoke. It just says tequila. Sorry, folks. This, yes, but I thought that was funny. Um, the only thing I want to really mention about golf, Chris Favreau is now a golfer. He's in golf. <laughs> he was part of the, uh, um, I'm just giving a plug for both uh, FTK for the kids, Charity Golf Classic, um, West Bay Plaza, or West Bay Plaza, West Bay Financial Group, formerly in West Bay Plaza. I think that's where they started. That's okay. what Join got Court the Street name. now. Yep. West Bay Plaza. Sorry, West Bay Financial Group, <laughs> formerly at West Bay Plaza, currently in Court Street. So West Bay Financial Group was the title sponsor. You played, Chris Huckrell played. Yep. You self, um, I guess, self-proclaimed not good golfer. You wrote in here, golf, how bad I am, but, and still beat Ryan Lee. <laughs> so what we want to do, Ryan, I hope Ryan listens to this, but we love Ryan. But this is... So I want to just set the tone. I want to set the stage. So with golf tournament we put on every year, FTK, Ryder Cup, match play style event. It's awesome. A lot of great people involved. Me and Chris get paired up in the first match. Yep, first match. Super pumped. Actually, it was a fill-in. We had a kick out. I wasn't supposed to play, but I got in. So I end up playing with you in the morning. Absolute blast. Which you you made my golf score that game. Okay. Well, I even told I even told the next person that I golfed with. I said, "I want you to know that Galen would pick up my ball, clean it, tell me what club to use and how hard to swing and where to aim. And where to aim. And that's how I did so well cuz I expect that of you." And he said, "No." Who would you play with the second round? I can't remember. <laughs> Curious who it was. It's probably someone like they're like, "I suck just as bad, bro." Um, no, so this is the thing. I'm like I asked you from the start. I'm like, where, where are you? Like, where is your miss? Like, where do you have a tendency to miss? And that's all I really want to know. And I think you said I usually chunk it or I slice it. Yep. So I said, okay, perfect. So the chunk we can fix. You're just going to move the ball back slightly in your stance. Easy. Cause you're just shallowing out too early. And then we said kind of this like little slice, moving the ball back in your stance, helped a little bit on the on where the club path was going and then we basically just said we're going to air 
knowing you're not going to ever miss left. We're going to air a little bit left. So if you do happen to hit it right, which is typically your natural shot shape, it should at least go where we want it. Or if it doesn't, we miss on what we call like, um, like non-short side. Like you miss on like the, the big, the, the fat part of the green or where you have room. So all I did just told you to move it back in your stance and just aim here. I don't like fixing people's swings. So I'm like, you can't do that in a round. Yeah, like, yeah. I can fix your setup and I can fix where you aim and then just swing. So like your swing never changed. But you had a ton of shots from like a 100 to 130 yards where you just like got up. I'm like, aim here. Use, I mean, whatever club you want to use. I didn't really pick the club. You no, the you club. Didn't, no, you didn't really. Yeah, you're it. just like, I can hit it this far. I'm like, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Take that, aim here, move the ball back slightly, now go. And like... The amount of times you just kept the ball in play. Just that's it. You just kept the ball in play. Yeah. And then so we have a great match. I forgot we were playing Ryan and who was the other one we played with? That first. It was um oh. It wasn't Jeff. No, he stuck with me the whole day. Now I actually feel terrible. I'm drawing a blank. I forgot who we played with the first round. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Doesn't matter. They lost. So we. we <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Derek. It was my brother-in-law. Yes, that's Derek. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm trying to yeah, think. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about Derek. We, we beat him. So we, we end up playing. So we're down on the eighth hole. So basically, we go in the ninth hole. We have to win to tie, or if we obviously tie or lose, we lose. And in match play, you don't really want to lose because that's you're giving up. Yeah, the way the point systems are. I hit the ball. Chris hits the ball. We're both not in great spots. Mm-hmm. After that, I mean, we're, we're in play, but we're like they weren't great t-ball shots. So then we're both on the far right side, par four. I think one of them gets on the green. Yours went up on the green. No, no, no. I'm saying um, Ryan or, or oh. Derek. They they kind of like hit whatever. They were up yeah, around yeah, the green. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, we have to beat them. So like, if they tie us on that hole, we lose because they right. just had, we couldn't just they just couldn't lose the hole. So then our second shot, I hit a terrible shot. And you hit a far right shot, and now you're like we're both kind of like pin high way to the right. We almost played the same ball. I feel like we were almost in the driving range. Yes, <laughs> people question that we were not in the driving range, which would have been it was bounce. close. It was it was close. It was I would probably say within five feet, ten feet. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't. You can yeah, you have to hit it really far right. So we get up. I hit a okay shot. I don't even know. I don't I hit the green. I don't think I hit the green. No, I didn't hit the green. I was short. You get up and proceed to, I'm going to use the term from a Jay Billis, skull fuck the ball. <laughs> and the ball had so much top spin on it that you went, you missed a tree. It went in the rough and had so much speed. Luckily, the, the green sits up on a top of like kind of a mound and it was tall grass. So you skull fucked it. Went through, got caught up in the tall grass, which slowed it down tremendously. Yep. And you had the rise of the hill. So you proceed to put it on the green 20 feet above the <laughs> hole. I'm going to say this because, again, Chris is an unknown handicap. It was not a great golf shot, but it's the golf shot we needed at the time. Then you get up, and I'll give you credit on this. So we're looking at this putt. And anybody who's played the ninth hole, this is at North Country. It is a small green, a severe back to front. Like it is a prob- it is the toughest hole. I'm trying to think if number ten is harder. No, nine is by far the hardest um green on that course. You're twenty feet above the hole. The hole's in the front. So there's like 
it's just a bad place to be. Yep. But you're on. We got to putt. So I remember I'm like, okay, it's gonna be quick as hell. It's gonna be. It's gonna break. Don't really know how much it's gonna break. Cause it always breaks weird. So then I'm like, I feel like you should putt it here. And like basically rolled over this point. Like this is the hole. And then you kind of like stalled. I remember you looking at it and you're like. I got this. And I'm like, all right. You like basically shook me off. I was like, I was like catching and you were just like the pitcher. You just shook me off. And I you, liked a leaf. There was I, a leaf on the ground. There was something. I liked it. There was something. And you proceeded to hit the greatest putt ever <laughs> in the tournament of FTK. This thing goes down the hill. And for, I mean, it basically fell in the hole on the last roll, which is incredible considering it was downhill. It wasn't like you slammed it into the back of the cup, right. which you would think with how severe the slope is. You literally hit the perfect putt, like Tiger Vision back in the day on video games. And I just remember it went in. That is the most excited I've ever been at the FTK. Partly because I'm like, we're done. We're losing. It's fine. Whatever. We, you know, we played a good nine. Chris played great. And I thought we were going to lose. And then for us to just steal it. And we ended up getting a half point. But the best part about it, two things. Number one, it absolutely crushed Ryan and, and, and Derek. And and then and because Ryan captains the other team, and Ryan's great. He helps with the tournament. He's been been a um uh he's never been on my team. We've always been head to head. And then just for that little bit of soul crushing with Ryan. And it continues to this day, to the point that Chris goes, topics you'd like to talk about, golf, in parentheses, how bad I am and still beat Ryan Lee. <laughs> so on that note, Chris Favreau, watch again, 2024 for the kids, oh. charity golf classic. I'm going to try to put us together again because I really enjoyed that first round. It was fun. It was a lot of run. A lot of fun. It was like good. You didn't take yourself serious in a good way, meaning like we just had fun. Like we had a good round. We played well. Obviously, we had an epic win. Like yeah, the greatest putt in FTK history, in my opinion. And I didn't even have the best shot of the day, though. That shot out of the water. Oh, yeah. When I put him there. Josh Perkins. Yeah. And the fact that I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry that I put you there. And he's like, don't worry, I got you. And I didn't even have time well, to say it. And he already had his cuff rolled up. Well, and that's the thing because he's basically a scratch golfer. Like that's a difference. So like if he played with you, he would have gave you much better tips. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I'm a solid like maybe 10. Like maybe. Um, yeah, Josh, Josh is very good. No, that, that was a great day. I mean, I, I saw the, the pictures you guys posted of all the, the, the checks that you guys wrote out. It's oh, yeah, an recently. amazing, amazing uh, organization, amazing event that you guys put on. It's awesome. You know what's wild is this was year five of the tournament, and we've donated $42,000. That's awesome. In five years, which is crazy considering year two, um, me and Matt uh, Craig started it on a whim with two-week notice. We raised two grand in two weeks. Yeah. And then since then, it's just like taken off. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's awesome. awesome. It's it, it's it's a great. It's, everything is awesome about it. A All lot right. of fun. Okay, Chris, we're gonna wrap up. We both got kid duty. Um, Charity golf classic. Just want to give it. I just want to see what comes up when you plug it there. The second annual, annual charity golf mm-hmm. tournament. Um, third annual for the kids. That's okay. The original? No, nope. That's not the original. The original hype video was pretty pretty sweet. They are. Um, okay, Chris, where can we find you? Plug the business. Plug anything you want. Yeah, you can find me at West Bay Financial Group, uh, 53 Court Street. All right, for any life needs at this time. Can't talk about anything else. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, uh, I'll be there and uh, don't plan on going anywhere. Uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. 
It's good. First podcast? First podcast. I should have asked you before we got started. Yeah, no, first one. First podcast, um, second in the family, meaning Adriana knocked it out of the park when she first came on. And uh, that's it. I feel like you guys are uh, great, great North Country people, great North Country folks. Back, back, you know, like I said, you're you're back in the <laughs> solid ground. So, which is weird. You like showed up. And I'm like, I don't know who this Chris guy is. And Chris is like, yo, bro, been here forever. Now he's back. Okay. Episode 254, um, Gail and Trombley show, Christopher Favreau. F-A-V-R-E-A-U. Canadian. Oh, What's very, French, but Very French. French. Yeah. What was Adriana's maiden name? Van Eiken. Oh, jeez. I gave her a more French name than she had. That's why. Yeah, that's, what's that? Canada. Netherlands? It's Dutch? Dutch. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Good thing she went Favreau. It's easier to say. Right? Yeah. Is it? Wait, Van? Oh, V. V, V, F. Cool. Chris Favreau. That's it. We're out. <laughs> We're going all over the rails here, Chris. <laughs> we got to wrap this up. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.